test, 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 testicles. Austin, you'll be hearing this, but not on Skype because I'm starting up Skype now and I'm recording while I'm starting up Skype. Welcome to episode 146 of the TryGames.net podcast, which is recording on Saturday at 12.10 p.m. It is September 12th, 2009. It is one of my friend's birthdays, so happy birthday to Alexis. But she is not on the podcast, so that doesn't matter. Um, But you are hearing this. You're probably going to be hearing this the day after or two days after we post episode 145 because I've been late. I rolled off my Pittsburgh project... um, this past Friday, and so there were things to take care of, and I had just posted episode 144 on Tuesday anyway. So, uh, yeah, here goes. here's to my tardiness, as, as always, but um, that's all right, because hopefully we'll get back on track at least for this one week, because I'll have time to actually edit this during the weekend and the week and post this. But yeah, in yeah. any event, I'm your first host and editor, Austin, uh, on the site. I am known as Mr. Chupon, and to my virtual left... Um, is the other host, other co-founder, Alfred, also known as... Viewer discretion is advised. You're, you're known as viewer discretion is advised? That's right. That's right, Oh, bitch. wait, uh, in other circles, I'm known as the anti-book. In other circles. Oh, there you go. Um, and we got, uh, we got a pretty good question in the mail today to talk about, as well as some pretty good topics. Um, Courtney Love, notwithstanding. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, as always, we start off with what we've been playing, and for once, I started playing something new. But Al always starts because he always dabbles in many, many things. Uh, so Al, what have you not been? Well, what have you been playing, and then not been not playing, and shit like that? Yeah, I've not been not playing such wonderful games as Izuna Two, Izuna DS, oh. which is still going on smoothly, although. Uh, I'm a little upset that I have to spend time uh, doing some backtracking, sort of. Uh-huh. Um, basically, like, I finished four dungeons or whatever. Uh-huh. And the three characters that I have in my squad are, like, level 20 and up. <coughs> Ouch. Sorry. Um, swine yeah. flu. Swine flu my ass. Oh, wait. Um... <laughs> So at this point, I would rather I, not, sir. But okay, I thank you for the offer. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, sure. So anyway, at this point in the game, I have three characters in my party. They're all over level twenty, and then I get six more characters, mm-hmm. who are now all level one. And of course, in order to bring them into any kind of current dungeon, I have to level them up. Um, that turns into a little bit of. Uh, a hassle because now I gotta run through all these old dungeons and I gotta go and uh, kind of halfway worry about dying and losing all my stuff and you know just dealing with typical roguelike stuff typical roguelike stuff with six whole characters all at level one um, I did one character and now he's like level eight but level eight is still not really enough to go to the second level uh, and be able to like kill people by themselves so I have to go back into the dungeon and get into like level twelve and then go to the second dungeon and then it repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse again and repeat 
again. But um, that's okay. Other than the uh, Eastern 2 that I've been playing at work, I have been playing Madden 10, and um, we have a little bit to talk about with that in the news. <laughs> yes, we do. Wonderful stuff that just always seems to happen. And why does this shit always happen to me, man? It's bullshit. <laughs> As um, any sports gamer will will tell you. So I am, um, you know, still trying to <clears throat> learn that Steelers playbook because of the fantasy franchise, online franchise, I guess it's called. That's going to be starting next Wednesday with the draft. And basically, like, the Steelers, the only thing that's really specific with the Steelers in this case is that um, I use the uniform and I have their playbook, but all the players are going to be freshly drafted. So it's not like I'm going to be using the Steelers roster. Um, uh, uh, it's the roster as of whatever Madden had in it when it was mm, released, you mean? Yeah, and then I have to get my players from that list of players. It's not Which like, means you can um, still get Troy Palmero if you, you know, if if he was because he's not injured on the Madden uh, roster. Well, no, he will be injured on the Madden roster by the oh, time. Oh, they updated it. Oh, they, oh, wait, well, they will update it. They but, will, okay. You know, while he's a good strong safety, uh, there are other good strong safeties out there. You know, I'm it's good, not like I don't I'm have. I'm safe. not gonna have a team of the Steelers that are playing out in the real world. I could potentially get you know Tom Brady or Chad Pennington as my quarterback or whatever. But since my team is 21st in the draft for the first pick, I'm probably not gonna get a very great quarterback. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens next week. I'll uh, I'll uh, talk about that. My first game is, of course, like the the league season is the same as the current league season, so I will be playing the Titans first. Um, and okay, so the calendar person. is the same. Yeah, the calendar is the same. I gotcha. So I'm gonna be playing against somebody else who's playing as the Titans. Uh, I think we have like 14 people out of the 32 teams, so the other 16 or whatever 18 are um, all gonna be AI. Mm-hmm. And then we'll play out the weeks and see if uh, we can get two people into the Super Bowl. Hopefully I'd be one of them, but I don't know, because I've been playing a lot of practice games, and like I'll play against a shitty team, and they'll like walk right over me. But then this morning I play against the Patriots, who are like, the you know, they're the hopefuls for the Super Bowl against the Giants or whatever, and I just trounced them, sort of. I let them get a touchdown, but I trounced them. I don't get it. I was all like, oh, let me see how well I do against the Patriots. I'm probably going to lose like 32 to nothing. And I won 17 to 10. But it was like 17 to 3 for like the whole game. I feel like that's the that, that's the sports game, sports sim dilemma. All right. And and to relate to that with with regards to basketball, you know, which is the only sports games I play, um, it's like every – okay. So obviously um, you're going to have superstars who are always going to score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and somehow, because you're playing with your superstar, right? And let's even in the let's say you play a, a NBA an NBA season's eighty two games, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you play even a twenty eight game season, a thirty a fifty game season, eighty two, whatever. You play with your one team throughout an entire season, and your superstar is going to have off nights every so often. Fair enough. So you know, yeah. Uh, Somebody shoots like five for twenty instead of you know scoring instead of you know his fifty percent clip whatever, but every time you face another team, that team's superstar is always on point. Yeah, 
And it's it's like <laughs> you 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 want to complain and 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 say that hey, um, why does that superstar happen to be on fire whenever he plays me, and yet this game my superstar is missing? That but then then me personally, I look at the fact that I'm only playing a 28 game season because I keep it abridged. Mm-hmm. I'm only playing a 28 29 game season. And therefore, the probability uh, I will probably be playing. Well, let me see. Twenty-eight. Yeah, that means that I play every team once. Mm-hmm. So the probability that that superstar on that other team is going to have a good night because he's a superstar is much higher because I'm only playing him that one time. True. But then I think I don't give a shit. That's still unfair because my superstar's having an off night. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Man, let's not talk about off night. I I just played a game against the. I think it was the Buccaneers. Oh, no, no. Edu Buccaneers. Ah, uh, no, I was playing against the Bengals, which is you know they're not that bad, but they're they're kind of lower rung. And I kept throwing end zone interceptions to the same guy. It was like <laughs> I'm in the end zone, and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm in the zone. I'm gonna get a touchdown, and I would throw it in a little. Th- always throw it to the same guy, and he'd intercept it, and I tackle him in the end zone. And then they start on the 20, and then they will push up and uh, either get a touchdown or a field goal. And I was just like, Fuck, that's it, that's it, that's it. and I quit. <laughs> well, and... now, mm-hmm. is it, uh, just before you go on, is this guy someone who would, you know, who would believably be intercepting all these passes? Or was it just kind of like a Madden was like, I felt like being an asshole today. So, you know, this guy is going to be Superman um, today. Well, just well, for today. Let's take a look. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Uh, maybe he is. Maybe he's not. Trying to search NFL.com, but no, that's probably not going to help. Uh, wait, let me go this way. Here we go. Watch it be some like random bench warmer, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, he won't be. Um, yeah, this guy right here. I keep telling you. Scooty McDoop? What? Oh, this was the Buccaneers, not the um Bengals. How about Busty Sinclair or Hootie McBoob? <laughs> Let's see. Career stats. Five. He has four interceptions over last year. He's a second year. So he just, in his rookie year, he got four interceptions. That just means he's up and coming. Um, I mean, he's, he's pretty good. You know. He's pretty good, maybe. 32 yards maybe. over four interceptions and uh, 17 solo tackles. Not, one year. Bad. Not bad. You know, I mean, I, I guess if I threw it directly to him, he would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you you helped him out a little bit in that matter? Yeah, I was fucking pissed because it was like my guy would be in the area, and then when I throw it, the cursor would be right on. I keep telling you, oh. and I'm like, you motherfucker! And so yeah, and then I play against the Patriots, and I do, I, I get two achievements at once. There's oh, an shit. achievement for uh, intercepting a Tom Brady pass. It's called Mr. Not-So-Perfect. Uh-uh. And then there's a, a, an achievement for intercepting a pass that is intended for Randy Moss. It's called Buzz Kill. So oh. Tom Brady threw the ball to Randy Moss, and I intercepted it. And it was like two achievements for 80-game point. I'm like, oh, shit. Jeez. That's really and, funny. <laughs> yeah, and I just find that hilarious that I, I would do something like that. I mean, I wasn't really intending on doing it, but I did. Right. Um, so, other than that, I played um, quite a few Dreamcast games on... Uh, 9999? Nine, 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 nine. On 9909. 
I, I have yet to watch your Facebook videos, and I'm te- I need to watch them, but like every time I get around to it, I'm either drunk or asleep. Oh, it's nothing really too special. It's just like stupidness for people who've never seen those games before. Like I got a, a whole crazy taxi run on there, and uh, it's funny because the guy says I suck like right before it ends. Uh, <laughs> what? The One of the guys I was driving, he's like, you suck. Oh. Dude, what uh, the hell, man? Let's see, I played that, I played Morse Matrix, I played some Soul Ooh, Calibur. Mars Matrix. Yes, Mars Matrix. Oh. Uh, I played some Gig Going 2, uh, I played Sonic Adventure 2 just for the hell of it, just to make a video of Sonic moving really fast, and the, all the pictures are blurry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Sonic's really fast. Um, I played some over as Capcom 2, I played... Uh, I would have played Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter Zero Three, but I Zero. Oh, I'll, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I was like Zero. Oh, Street yeah, Fighter Japanese Zero about. Three. Um, but I, I didn't want to look for my controller. Like I was up for a really long time. I got home from work late, and then I spent like an hour looking for the stuff, and I didn't even eat. Oh shit! <laughs> and I went to sleep at like five o'clock in the afternoon, and everyone came walking in the door while I was trying to fall asleep, so I didn't really get to oh. sleep. And then I went to work after that. It, it was a, it was a great day. Um, yeah, so I played quite a few games on Dreamcast on Wednesday, and that's all I have been playing. As Cartman would say, Sega Dreamcast! <laughs> or was that the commercial? I thought that was Cartman saying it. I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was mm-hmm. Cartman saying it. Sega Dreamcast! Um, that's up for you? That's all for me. That's all for you. Well, I have, um, been pretty much pounding away at Advance Wars. Actually, this past week, I didn't have much time to play again, because like I said, I was rolling off a project, and people wanted to take me out to drink because mm-hmm. it was my last night on the project, and then some dude, uh, my boy Michael Johnson, was like, whose, whose nickname is Foolishness and Mischief, mm-hmm. went into some two random girls, one hot, one not so hot, um, and was talking to them, and, you know, me from all the way across the way could tell that they were, they were all, like, turning back and looking at me every so often, I'm like, fuck, what's he gonna do now? <laughs> so I go to the bathroom because not not because not to avoid them, but because I had to. But I stayed in there longer than I had to to avoid them. Uh-huh. I didn't know what he was going to make them do. Um, and then when I finally come out, he's like, uh, then I see him point at me, and I'm like, oh, fuck. So I sit down, and then they come over to me with a with, with a with a bowl of ice cream and a candle in it, and he's like, all right, sing a happy birthday, and I'm like, uh, 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 happy birthday. I was like, my birthday two weeks ago, <laughs> but thank you. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, this is gonna be a good photo op, but the, the not as hot girl was the one next to me, so I was like, ah, oh well, whatever. Oh wait, um, is this the picture you have on Facebook? Yeah, where where there's a cup in front of me, and I have like this really fake mad face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah, I I have not been able to wrap my head around the last campaign mission in Advance Wars. Um, for for clarification, this is Days of Ruin. Um, mm-hmm. for anyone who who hasn't been listening, but uh, this is uh. Days of Ruin, and the last stage, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last stages of the previous Advance Wars games, and I remember the first two are basically just, like, a whole shitload of units that you have to face against, which, you know, you figure out your way around at some point. Right. But this one has, like, this big-ass structure on the top, and anybody who remembers um, Dual Strike, please, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember any such kind of big-ass, like, thing um, bearing down on you in... Dual strike. I mean, maybe there's like a cannon or two, I but in this one, so okay. In, in, okay, in this one, it's like a structure, 
uh, up at the top of the map um, with a pipe surrounding the centerpiece. Uh, I'm sorry, two pipes each surrounding the centerpiece, the left and the right. Those pipes produce units, like any unit imaginable, like air, aerial units, um, except for naval units because there's no water. But everything else it could produce. <clears throat> um, and on the left and right of the pipes are these big-ass cannons which rotate every turn um, between straight down and then diagonal down to the left and then diagonal down to the right. So if you kind of forget to move your units out of the way every so often when the cannons rotate, they'll take you down to, to um, a maximum of eight points. So, for example, if you've got a unit, a fully healthy unit, that cannon hits you, it gets taken down, taken down to two. Damn. Um, usually cannons or missiles would take you down like three to five points, right? No, this takes you down to two. Um, and then um, add to that that like there are enemy units above you and to the right of you, and like the only territory that you have is on the left of the map. Um, it's hard to visualize, so I'm not going to try to go into it, but suffice it to say that it would have been already difficult enough without the cannons and all that shit going after you. Oh, the worst part is the cannon doesn't only fire a laser, it can also fire a mortar, which has the same effect as the missile silos, if anybody remembers those missile silos from Dual Strike. And I can't remember if they were in Advance Wars 2, but if a soldier reaches a missile silo and activates it, you can target any area on the map within a, I want to say, a three-square radius. And anything that falls within those three-square radius, that's three-square radius, um, gets taken down by three points. That's how the missile silo works, if anybody doesn't remember. Do, 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 am I... Remember this correctly? Three points, right? I don't know. I never really got that far in those tracks. I think it's in Advance Wars 2 as well, though. I never played I don't know. Advance I could be... Wars I only what? have Advance Wars and Dual Strike. Uh, I skipped one. I oh, okay. Bad boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so that's how the missile silos work, and the, and the mortar works the same way, and, and it takes you down five points instead. So you're trying to group your guys so that they're, you know, strengthen numbers... But then the mortar hits you, and so then you try mm. to move your guys around. But then the diagonal laser—it's—it's—it's it's, it's all fucked. It's all messed up. Um, so I decided to just go through the uh, free play missions, and there are some really good four-player maps that take like a hundred and fifty days, a uh, <laughs> hundred days to go through. And that's like, a lot of turns. It's funny because I got an S rank on one of those maps, and I'm like, how the hell did I get an S rank? And then I thought about it, and I'm like, these must just be very, 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 very long maps. Which sucks because by the time like you realize that you're doing something wrong, you have to start over again, and that's like 70 days. Yeah, I'm going to say about 70 turns in. In other words, save often. Yeah. But um, then on a whim, I, I downloaded Aquaria from Steam um, a while ago, and I hadn't played it up until now, and so I'd, I, I booted it up maybe about 20 minutes before the podcast, and uh, uh, Interrupting Bear says... Pete Vellucci is coming on the podcast in about three minutes, so he'll be able to talk what he's talk talk about what he's been playing. But um, to continue, um, it I don't want to call this just yet because it's always easy to 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 call something that's labyrinth labyrinthine and like kind of like spindly with its maps something like Metroid. Like mm -hmm. oh, it's like Metroid. Right. I don't want to call it yet, but and, and I haven't really been reading feedback on this game so that I can have a peer view of it. But I mean, it seems to be that. So far, I mean, it's okay. So it's Aquaria, so it takes place underwater, <laughs> right? And so you're basically just swimming around these these caverns, and like a Metroid-style game, it starts off very linear because you know they don't want to overwhelm you, 
and then you finally come upon this rock that you can't break, but you see stuff on the other side, so you think to yourself, eventually I'm going to get an item that can break the rock and sends me to the other side. You know, so obviously it starts off seeming like a Metroidvania game. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> um, so based on those 15 minutes, yeah. I mean, I swam around a little bit, got familiar with the controls. I started playing with the gamepad, but it actually plays better with the mouse, um, even though it's a Metroidvania, because you're swimming. Uh, yeah, you and can, so there's less platforming. Right, there's less platforming, so you don't have to have kind of the thumb, the thumb speed or the thumb comfort of a, of a gamepad. But because you're also swimming in all the directions, and you don't want to be limited to just the eight cardinal, uh, the four cardinal directions and the ones in between, mm-hmm. like like maybe you want to have finer control. And I did have an, I do have an analog stick gamepad, but it's just more fine using the mouse, um, and the. Th- the I don't want to call it the gimmick, but the thing about this game is that Naira, the the main character, she can sing. And so um, it's got a little touch of Ocarina of Time to it where singing certain notes will give you certain powers. And the only one I've discovered so far is the one that gives her a shield. I discovered that, I think, completely by accident. I didn't actually tell you other things. Well, they do. See, that's the thing that they do. Um, but I, okay, so the notes, when you, when you right-click, it brings up, uh, eight notes around you, each of different colors. And, so if you're tone-deaf, at least you can go by colors. Um, <laughs> well, if you're colorblind and tone-deaf. Then fuck you, dude. <laughs> but they also have shapes to them, so if you're, you're, you're tone-deaf um... and colorblind, you can still see the shapes. And if you can't see the shapes, you probably shouldn't be playing video games anyway. No offense to the blind, but I mean... No, 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 not blind, but those people who can't, like, you know, the ones who can't put the square peg into the square hole. You still shouldn't be playing most video games. But, um, okay, uh, Pete should know that we call him. He doesn't call us, and I don't know why he's calling us. (laughs) Um, Pete Vellucci Jr., add to invite to conference. Oh, he meant to send a chat. Yeah, Um, whenever you double-click, it calls him, and you always think it's going to be a chat. Yeah. Yeah. So it sends a message. Oh, it's Pete. It's the petter. The petter. Are you uh, recording Podcast? already? Podcast. Are you recording already? Yes. Yes, he is recording. So we're ready to go. Uh, we were just talking about um, what we've been playing, and uh, I had downloaded Aquaria off of Steam like a couple of months ago, and I still hadn't played it, but I started playing it about half an hour before the podcast. Are you familiar with Aquaria? Uh, that's the one where it's like you're just like a little little. It's like an Echo to Dolphin type game, right? Yes, yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Metroid. It's, okay, it's Echoid. It's Echoid. Echoid. Echoid, I guess. I don't know. But Did yeah. that come out? Um, uh, Aquaria? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, been out, it's actually been out for a while, and it's just, I think nobody really talked about it. I mean, it, it made a brief appearance on the 1UP show. When that yeah, still... that's what I saw, and yeah. I was like, I wanted, to, I wanted to check it out when it came out, yeah. but I never heard about it it's, again. It's out, and I believe it's, it's quite, well, when I got it, it was fairly inexpensive. Um. That's why Steam has a store, and we can look at the store. Let's see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was telling Al, it's it's so far a little bit similar to Metroid in that it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I can swim around this map, but there are areas that I cannot access, and I can probably come back later when I get a special ability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so let's see. Aquaria. Aquaria is cur- currently 20 bucks. I can't remember if I got it for 20 because I wanted to support them or if it was on a deal. And I was like, oh, let me... Braid is also $5, and that's when I got it. I just got Braid like two days ago because it was 5 bucks. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, I was telling – the other thing I was telling Al just before he came in is that one of the special things 
uh, that you can do in this game is she can sing, and it's similar to Ocarina of Time, and you have to sing notes in the right sequence for things to happen. And the first one I discovered completely by accident was the shield, you know, to protect yourself from hazards. Um, and Al was asking, oh, um, do they not tell you? And they do, they, like, they eventually told me, like, I was swimming and swimming, and I came upon an enemy, and it was like, it was like, to, to, to do certain things in this game, you must sing, um, here are the notes to sing to activate a shield. And I'm like, oh, well, I discovered mine completely by accident, so, uh, let me try to do some random stuff. And I was, like, clicking all over, trying to figure out some tunes, and I was even trying to match the pitch to the background music, which is really soothing and good, by the way. I was trying to match it to the background music and, like, take advantage of the fact that I played music, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make her sing exactly what the music is playing. And, you know, I got nothing out of it, so I'm just like, all right, I'll just wait until the game tells me what I can do. Um, but then, like, early on in the game, like, she meets this apparition, and at first she can't really fight. She just sings and dashes, swim dashes and all that shit. But then the apparition touches her, and then, like, it transports you to this, like, kind of alternate reality where all everything is dark, and she's now able to shoot fire out of her hands, and she looks all evil, which kind of doesn't make <laughs> sense that you can shoot fire underwater. Yeah. But, okay, I mean, whatever. Like, the effects look good, and the, gra the graphics are pretty, so I'll deal with it. Um... And it starts. It started to have this kind of Panzer Dragoon aspect to it, where not necessarily lock on, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, not lock on, but like in Panzer Dragoon, you could choose who to focus on um, with the with the right analog stick, and you can kind of do the same thing here. You hold down the right mouse the right mouse button and hover it over enemies, and she'll target them, and then she'll you know once you let go, she'll let loose a burst of fire underwater. And that hits all of them. Um, and then, like, after she got killed, because apparently that was only, like, a story sequence, then she was like, oh... It, it, a whole bunch of story narration and all that stuff, and apparently that's what changed her life and all that shit, and that's why she's swimming around now. And then I saved the game and we started the podcast. So I didn't get to explore any further, but um, conceptually it seems really interesting. Um, I was... At first I was a little bit dismayed to find out that it was just swimming, and then, like, because I'm, I'm stupid and I like violence... But when, when that dream sequence came up, I'm like, all right, so there is some combat to this game. All right, that, that's pretty good. Um, I, can see the, um, I can see the singing portion being a little bit annoying because in order to select the notes, basically you're just putting your mouse cursor while holding down the right-click button. You're putting your mouse cursor over the eight notes in sequence. Um, mm -hmm. And if I, were I playing with a gamepad, it would probably be easier to, to, to input those notes more accurately more quickly, because like Ocarina of Time, you just press up, down, left, right, diagonal, right? Uh, actually, in Ocarina of Time, you didn't even have diagonals. Did you? No, no. Well, the know, diagonals were like um, pitch shifters. Oh, but yeah, so it's just like um, you know, up, down, left, right. And whereas at this, it, it you know, because the mouse affords you more precision, you are inherently slightly less accurate because you have to account for the fact that you know you, you have more freedom of movement. So it's like if you needed to activate the shield in a pinch, which is just left, right, left, right on the D-pad, doing it on the mouse is slightly tougher, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of like, it's kind of like trying to play um, a fighting game, like Street Fighter, using the mouse to do up, down, and left, right. <laughs> and I, nobody in their right mind would want to do that unless they're on, like, crack or acid or something. So, but yeah, I mean, I could see that part getting annoying. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I find it intriguing. It's, it's com I believe it's completely hand-drawn graphics, except for, like, the sprites are using, um... What does it remind me of? Um, I don't want to say PopCap-ish, 
but it does remind me of it because has has either of you played Bookworm Adventures? Yes. So you know how like the sprites. <laughs> you know Sorry. how like what? You're he the said odd man yes. Out. I didn't say anything, so I thought oh. that was funny. Oh, okay. But you know how like the sprites are kind of segmented, like the arms kind of move freely. And it's kind of like a like a paper doll thing where like you pin the arms to the body and the body right. Is it, it it her sprite is kind of like that, like the legs move on their own and the body moves on its own. So it gets this kind of cheap, um, it gets this kind of cheap feel of oh I don't really have to draw every frame of animation because these limbs are hanging freely and so they can right. Move. She looks kind of yeah. About. She looks kind of that way, but the backgrounds are all like really colorful and and pretty. Well, as pretty as an underground cavern can be, but it's pretty. Um, and the music obviously follows suit because it's underwater and it's soothing and everything. So, <laughs> yes, it sounds exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly like. Um, but yeah, I mean, twenty bucks is it worth it? Well, I've only played fifteen minutes of it, so I can't tell you. But you know, it, I, I'm all for I'm all for these you know indie projects that like take a lot of pride in what they're doing. And so you know, yeah. And I guess my next thing would have to be Plants vs. Zombies, because everyone was talking about that like two months ago, and since I'm routinely two years behind the curve, it's about that time to get Plants vs. Zombies and not play it for another year. So, I don't know. Pete, what are you playing? Uh, can we... I don't know. I don't know if you saw the chat. Can we take a minor break real quick? Sure. I just want to check, because my waveform is tiny. That's what she... What? Mm. Ooh, Plants vs. Zombies is 10 bucks? So I'm going to stop my recording and check it real quick. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. I need, I need to stop to check to make sure it's actually All right. picking All right. Then, then we'll just sync up again. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hang on one second. No. Plants versus zombies. Weirdest name. Ever. I thought it was like 20 bucks, so I was hesitating, but now it's only 10 bucks. It's basically, a, it's basically a, in the vein, not exactly a tower defense game, but it's in the vein of a tower defense game. Mm -hmm. uh, these zombies are just advancing on you, and you manage a garden of plants. And that's it. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this. No. Yes, it's honking, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is that? Truck? Is he just holding the horn? Cement, <laughs> dude. I swear to God, Steam is gonna be the death of me. Like I'm like I can't buy Red Faction because it's forty dollars and I need to save money, and yet I'm buying like games in like five to ten dollar increments because <laughs> I'm buying Plants vs Zombies right now because it's ten bucks. Get the demo for ah <laughs> ah <laughs> a reckless disregard for no the reckless disregard for gravity. <laughs> All right, the waveform was small. Go away, truck. Go away, you freaking truck. Hey, Tony's he back. <laughs> no, that's what you oh, sound oh. like. Um. Okay, so I got a new audio okay, recording going. Up. So three, four, ninety-nine thousand. Transportation to I'm back. serious business. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, by the way, I had the worst comeback on a podcast ever. I'm just like coming in the middle, like, uh, uh, uh hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, but yeah, so Pete, what have you been playing? Um, since the last time I've been on the podcast? Uh, no, because we have your trial bikes. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, most recently I've been playing uh, Professor Layton, actually. The, the first okay. one, not the second I one. still need to Because I... It's like I've been like ever since it came out a long time ago, and I knew about it. I wanted to get it, but never got around to getting it. It was always just one of those games. Like I'll pick it up sometime, and never did. And now that the sequel's out. Uh, my girlfriend and I were walking around at Best Buy, and she saw, it and she's like, "Oh, what's this game about?" I was like, "Oh," and I explained it to her, and I was like, "There's an original, you know, always right here." And she was like, "Oh, we'll have to get that sometime." And it kind of it sounds like it's a, it sounded like it was about to start spiraling into the "Oh, we'll get it sometime" mm -hmm. thing again. But uh, 
fortunately, our uh, our roommate actually had it, um, so he lent us his copy of the original game. So we've been playing that. She like busted through the game in a couple days, although she kind of <laughs> cheated because she um she didn't really cheat. She she had a a fact open, but she just said, "I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you cheating?" She's like, "No, I just don't want to use the hint coins if I need a hint." Oh, like because Austin, awesome, you played it, it right? In action, I haven't played it. Played it. Oh. Okay, well, to describe real quick what the game is for those who don't know, it's uh like you're it's kind of like an adventure style game. You're this uh professor detective slash guy who's you're walking around gentleman. this town, Saint Mystery. Yes, you're a gentleman. <laughs> um, and uh, you have a young boy with you for some reason, <laughs> which I guess they go into in the second game, but Rated I don't know. M so anyway, <laughs> you're going around this town and like. Every person you come up to in the town, like as you're trying to solve this mystery of what happens, there's a murder, blah 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 blah. Uh, every person you come up to will give you a little bit of information and then ask you to solve a pu puzzle for them, and it'd be completely random. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I have twelve matchstick. That's what I was thinking about. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Al said uh, in the chat, "Rated N for Nambla." <laughs> um, I had to say that. Uh, ah! So. Also in this game, um, it's got a, it's got like the static backgrounds, like a, like a Phoenix Wright type game where you can uh -huh. move scene to scene. Um, so you can tap around the background on the touch screen, and certain spots in the background, um, will have like a hidden coin, and these are hint coins. So like when you're in the puzzle solving aspect of the game, you can buy up to three hints in a puzzle, but each purchase of a hint costs you a hint coin. Now, from what I've seen, most of the puzzles are fairly easy to solve without mm -hmm. using the hit coins. Um, I'm probably about a little little under, right about halfway through the game, and I have roughly 60-some-odd hit coins, and I've only used maybe... I definitely used less than 10 so far throughout the game. So you definitely get a surplus of hit, hit coins, and um, yeah, so... Uh, if you're stuck on a puzzle, you just like are like, okay, I'm stuck. I need a hint. So you click hint, and it says, "Will cost you one hint coin." You say okay, and then it gives you like a stupid, like not very oh. helpful hint, and then you have to buy a second one. Um, you can buy up to three hints per puzzle. Uh, after the third one, apparently, I guess it doesn't give you any more. So then you have to figure it out. Now, yeah, like so, I I've been playing the game where if I need a hint, I'll just go ahead and use a hint coin because I can tell there's a surplus of them. I guess she was worried. She didn't know how many puzzles oh. were going to be in the game and stuff like that. So she like went online whenever she wanted a hint. Instead of using a hint coin, she would look on the fact, which I thought was I cheating. Think, I but think you whatever. should keep a running tally. So, Every time she looks it up, she should mark off like a like a. She should make make like a check mark on the wall or something. And, and uh, it doesn't matter. She's already done with it. I was gonna say at the end of the day, you could tally up and um, subtract that from like her her awesomeness factor or something at the game. <laughs> but whatever. Or next time when we, when we play a sequel, I'll just put a keylogger <laughs> on her computer so I can see what she's doing. Whoa. whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, so yeah, that uh, that game is pretty good. I am definitely enjoying it. And uh, here's a hint for anybody. I think it was either last episode for you guys, or maybe the episode before. One of you was it Al? You were talking about having trouble sleeping the one night or something. I have trouble sleeping every night. Do you, or every day. <laughs> okay. Well, if you haven't played Professor Layton, you should definitely get it. It's a good tool to help you fall asleep. Because uh, if you're having trouble sleeping, you pop it in. The way the the music's pretty like soothing and um, just trying to like you know think about the puzzles and stuff makes you get really tired really fucking quick. So any nights where I've been having trouble sleeping or like uh, when I would go to sleep and stuff, and if I've been having trouble sleeping, I would just put it in for about maybe a half hour at most and be like, "Wow, fuck this, I'm too <laughs> tired," and go to sleep. I have to try that. Um, 
So yeah, there's that, and then other stuff I've been playing. Uh, did I talk about trials on my last uh, trilobite? I think so. I believe you did. I'm trying to remember because the last trilobite I attached to the end of the podcast, and um, I had to rush through it. <laughs> Pete, question. Okay. Quick, well, if to interrupt, sorry. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say real quick. If I did talk about, well, I'll let you get your question. I was gonna say if I did talk about it, then I won't say anything now. Even if I didn't talk about it, I won't say anything now because I've written a review for it, and hopefully it'll get up on Try Games as soon as I edit it. Yes. Yes, it will. It will. Yes. Yes. Will. My question yes, was just, okay. what is yes, uh, Professor Layton rated by ESRB? Oh God. The box is way across the room, and I'm attached by a cord to my computer. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe. All right, I'll I'll check it on myself. It's got. Oh yeah, I guess I could check online, but I I'm pretty sure it's rated E for everyone. Do you think that everyone could play this game? <laughs> Good um, question. Yeah. No, I mean, there are some really like. Okay, notice what a lot of not a lot of with a lot of the puzzles. I would overthink things, and it would be like the, I I would skip over the very obvious answer, and so maybe a younger person would just you know think of the obvious answer and put it in and get it right. Um, so maybe everyone could. I'm checking. Are you checking out right now what it's rated? Because I was about to. Yeah, okay. a diabolical box is E10 plus. Uh huh. Uh, I think uh, 10 plus may be good, but um, well, yeah. I mean, I want to see the original. One. There might just be certain concepts that like. Like an eight-year-old or something might not understand, because um, some some puzzles are mathematical uh, oriented. So like, like this one, it's uh, it's an advanced puzzle, and um, because okay, I guess I'll just go into this real quick. Like you do certain things in the game that open up bonus modes, and then there's a bonus mode that is just like straight up advanced hardcore puzzles, and one of them like looks like a trigonometry problem, oh, shit. but apparently it's not. It's like it says right in the uh, in the puzzle description. You do not need to use advanced trigonometry or whatever to solve this. The answer is easy enough to figure out in your brain. But I still can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate it when they tell you? Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, you can no, do this without any paper. It's like Jonathan Blow. Uh, you're just not thinking hard enough. <laughs> it's right there. Shut you up. See, the funny thing about Jonathan Blow is that most of he blows. With braid, it's it's true. I'm just like. You know, I get mad whenever I find out. Oh shit! I could have just done this like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, um. Here we go. Professor Layton and Curious, Curious Village is Professor Layton and the Curious Village. E. Oh, see, so it is E. <laughs> Not E ten plus, just E. Hmm. I guess I figure if a kid's having problems, he can just ask his parents or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and watch watch his parents like no less. Than yeah. Parents. Get the fuck out! Are of you here smarter than a fifth grader? Exactly. I know I'm not. I feel like I'd fail that shit. <laughs> Dude, I imagine. Have you played the uh, Xbox or the Wii version of that? No, ma'am. No? No, ma'am. Oh. Um, yeah, that game is pretty hard. <laughs> Wait, of what? I, I, would, I would be like, uh, are you smarter than fifth grade? Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, when you get to like the fifth grade problems, it's like, they don't teach this shit in fifth grade. Well like, well, like what? Like, what are they... Like, world history stuff and well, geology Well, fifth graders today are learning a lot more than stuff. we learned in fifth grade. This is this is a good point. This is, that a, is good a good point. point. I'm a good point. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I don't think I've been playing anything else, by the way. Um, If I did, I probably talked about it in whatever my last trilobite was. So, uh, yeah. that. Oh, wait. No, there is one other thing. I finished Fable 2. Ooh. Congrats. You, I, you I, I was about to say you're welcome. What the fuck? <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> You're um, welcome. I, I mean, I've talked about it to death on Trilobites and on here before, so just I'll just end the whole thing by saying that if anybody hasn't played Fable 2, I definitely think it should be played. I, I still need to finish one, and I, I really like you don't, playing Okay, well, so if you're already in the middle of one, then fine. But I was going to say, if you're one of those people like me who are like, oh, I don't know if I should play because I haven't played Fable 1. I mean, I played like an hour of Fable 1 back in the day, um, but I never actually right. finished it. But Fable 2, you really don't need to have played Fable 1 for. There are a few references in it that my girlfriend mentioned to me about because she had played the, the original. But, uh, I mean, you don't really need to have played Fable 1 to enjoy and play Fable 2. Right. Yeah, it's less about the I want to, you know, I want to keep in line with the series and more about I was enjoying Fable 1 and I'd rather not stop and drop yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm know, sure if you go to Fable it, 2, so. then Fable 1 will just seem like, yeah, like lame in yeah. comparison because of like how much more was added to the sequel. Um, because, because here's uh, – just really quickly, that, that's what happened to me with Ocarina of Time. I was about three-quarters of the way through it, and then it picked up Twilight Princess, and I'm like, I kind of don't want to go back to Ocarina. I mean, I ended up – Going back anyways, but still, like, for a time there, I was just like, shit, I really just don't want to play Ocarina anymore. Yeah. Because Twilight Princess is just that good. And then I went back to it. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And everyone was like, are you kidding me? Ocarina was the first one. It's so much better than regular. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, leave me alone. I'm not going to get um, into anyway. that. Um, but uh, No, you won't. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, one complaint I will uh, – levy against fable 2 or whatever is that it has nothing to do with the game it has to do with the achievements and i don't think it's the oh. only game that do, does this on the xbox now but um when games automatically include the expansion achievements in the base achievement list it really pisses me oh. off because now i can't feel like yeah, i fully completed it because i don't really want to buy the downloadable content like right. i'm ready to move on to other games and I'll, those that? will bu- bug me I wonder why they did that. Like, I mean, is it like, is uh, did they do it just to do like the carrot dangling? It's like, like ha ha ha. Here yeah, I think it's this. a carrot dangling thing because I'm pretty sure they can't. Because I'm pretty sure there are other games that have downloadable content with achievements that don't that list don't do it. That. But right. I have noticed other games that do list it. So I don't know what the fuck the deal is. Now, Pete, is that they're listing them explicitly, or are they like this is a secret achievement? No, no, they're listing it, especially in Fable Two. It's like one of them is something about like it specifically says something about Not Whole Island, and then now when they oh. patched it, so now when you start up Fable Two, it says right on the like front splash screen of the game, "Hey, downloadable content, go get it." Of course, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I-, I wanted to mention that um, I-, I would like to start Fable, the first one, like sometime. But I'm really kind of on my track here. Like I'm trying to find some time now to play Prince of Persia, but I've been really trying to practice. So Prince uh, of A button, Madden. But um, after Prince of Persia, we'll be playing uh, Assassin's Creed. So who knows when the hell I'm going to get to something like Fable? Um, right. I was also going to say, shoot, I was going to say something, but nah, I don't even remember. But um. Pete remembers something, so <laughs> while he's remembering, I'll try and remember. I was just going to say that I remember that uh, my girlfriend and I have been playing a lot of uh, not only rock. We, we picked up Rock Band and um, some other musical games. Nice. What happened was uh, she actually found um, a couple at, uh, a couple of Guitar Hero World Tour with the guitar bundles um, for mm-hmm. really cheap. So she picked up two of those so we'd have two guitars, and then I bought a, microfo- like a Rock Band microphone really cheap. So uh, nice. we have... Now, we have Guitar Hero World Tour. Uh, she picked up Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock again, and I got the original Rock Band for cheap. So we have a bunch of music games to play. Um, so I can finally weigh in, at least on the game portion of Rock Band versus Guitar Hero World Tour. Even though I don't have Rock Band 2, I definitely think even just the original Rock Band is better than Guitar Hero World Tour. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The set list and Guitar Hero have gone so downhill that, like, I, I, I like, you guys even, I think, mentioned it on the previous podcast. And like, I'm, I have no interest in Guitar Hero 5, and I'm pretty sure you guys have said so, too. I didn't until I realized that a song by Muse is going to be on it, and I really like that song, and I really like Muse, so. Which uh, song? Uh, Plug-In Baby from Original Century. Ah. Yeah, it does bug me that Muse kind of has the, like, it's leaning more towards Guitar Hero. There are, a f- like, at least, there's at least one song on the Rock Band store. Um, I don't know if there's other songs by them available, but yet... Hysteria is the only one that I remember yeah. so far that's on the Rock Band store. I mean, so it does kind of bug me that they kind of went more towards Guitar Hero, because they're one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know, I just... I still love the Guitar Hero instruments, but the game and the general overall set list is just like, uh, I don't care anymore. Right. How do you feel about uh, when you talk talking about the game now for a second? How do you feel about the mechanics and how it feels? Because I've always felt that while I like while I now like Rock Band more, if I'm trying to play something and you know play it in the mode of I'm playing a video game and I want to succeed at this video game, the the way that Guitar Hero feels is still better. Maybe to me, maybe I've just gotten to the point where it's like I just like because I used to be like you know I want those games to be challenging stuff. Even though I never got yeah. to like the expert level, although now I've actually started playing some songs that, on expert. You know what that does that does actually make a difference because until you hit expert level, like usually I, I found that when you're playing on 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 hard, well when, when when I used to play on hard, it's like now that I think about it, it wouldn't the the way that the hammer-ons feel and like the the kind of leeway that they give and the timing leniency wouldn't really matter until you get up to expert and you start shredding. And so maybe, like, it, like as a game, Rock Band is probably just fine up until you get to expert, I think. Because then you, then you start playing stuff by Dream Theater, and it's just like, I, I can't, I, what? I, I, huh? <laughs> I'd rather play this on Guitar Hero because I can't do this on this guitar, you know? So. Well, is that, is that just a matter of the Rock Band guitar or the fact that it's the Rock Band game? It's, it's, both, it's both the guitar, well, it's both the guitar... And the uh, timing leniency, because even if I play with the guitar here, guitar, I'm slightly more accurate, but still not there. Okay. So, but it's uh, well to say this: Rock Band 2's software is more fine-tuned than the first Rock Band software. So, like, if you upgrade, then it'll feel a little bit right. Better. Yeah. There's something I want to chime in on this. I haven't yep. tried this yet, and I want to ask Austin if he has. Have okay. you tried playing "Pull Me Under" by uh, Dream Theater from World Tour? Oh sh- shit! No, I didn't even know that song was on there. I I have that was the like one of the reasons why I wanted to get World Tour, but I honestly a didn't feel like unlocking all the songs with the code, and b didn't really feel like playing through the the campaign. I I played maybe four songs in the campaign before I was like, fuck, right. I'm not playing this game. Fuck this shit, man. Yeah, I um I didn't try it yet. I mean, I me I just went in and unlocked everything because I did I didn't like I didn't buy it to like progress through it. I right. bought it so that I could have all the songs, and so I just did the code. Like yeah. I didn't care. Yeah, I, I should. Care about it's just that I, I'm just like lazy about it. I don't even remember the last time I put in Guitar Hero World Tour, but my Xbox does. <laughs> Your Xbox does. So you're gonna find out. My girlfriend yeah, and I played you know, the funny? campaign on World Tour. Uh, the the entire thing. Uh, the thing. I think we have like one one or two set lists left to go. Um, but just as again, because I guess Rock Band is just more fun for us. Like once we got Rock Band, we kind of put World Tour aside. Right. You know what I feel like playing? Guitar Hero Two. Yeah, yeah. I would play that again. Um. Yeah. I think I've seen that around pretty cheap too. Oh yeah, it should be like fifteen twenty dollars at most. And isn't it part of a? Oh no, that was a PlayStation version. I was gonna say it was like a like a combo pack, but. 
That's yeah, it's PlayStation. PlayStation. Um, anything else you've been playing? No, that was the last thing ladies? that I remembered that was the it last did. Thing remembered you did. All right, we're going to take a little break and move on to the mail This is the day you have trained for. The day you have studied for. Utilize your superior skills. Your superior intelligence. Sit down, Rodin. Oh, you were one. Don't make me hurt you. Learn to defeat your ruthless enemy, Steve of Hackensack. Ryan, you're going to get rude. Shut up, quadruped. We are at the mailbag now, and I forgot that Pete doesn't have... Well, I sent the email, but Pete doesn't check his email. Yes, I do. So. Just not okay. right now. <laughs> Just not right now. I'm yeah. checking it now, though. He's an asshat. So I'm going to paste our agenda oh, okay, good. into our little I chat window. Chat. One of these days, I'm going to save the chat window and post it online with the blog entry that goes with the um, episode so that you can see what we say. But anyway, um, we have a mailbag uh, from Eduardo, Edu Buccaneer. A good question here. Seeing that this week... 999, marked the Dreamcast's 10th anniversary. I'd like to ask, what are your fondest memories of that system? What games you like the most? Any good stories that you have relating to that Dreamcast? Um, and then we'll go into the second question after we answer this. So, Al, since you're coming fresh off of playing Dreamcast games, <laughs> do you want to go first? And wow, sure. that was some microphone distortion there. Oh, sorry. I was uh, laughing into my hand. Um, into your hand? Yeah. I was laughing into my hand. Ha ha ha! Are you a uh, Yes, I am. <laughs> Ew. My fondest memories of the Dreamcast. Uh, let's see. They include first getting it. I got the Japanese one. Um, I think you remember this, Austin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I had we were working at Vault, and uh, Matt encouraged me to get a Japanese Dreamcast because uh, he got a Japanese Dreamcast, and uh, he was playing Japanese games, and we were doing the whole, like, uh, starting to... We were importing games and, like, trying to understand, like, menus and stuff like that, so that I had, like, broken down, like, the katakana so I could understand the menus and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember getting Soul Calibur and Blue Stinger and, uh... Let's see, what else did I get? Oh, Sonic Adventure... And just being absolutely amazed with the quality of the graphics because, you know, the last thing that we saw was, like, PlayStation Saturn. Mm-hmm. And just to see the, all the vivid colors and to see it move at 60 frames per second, we were just absolutely amazed. And then I remember bringing the Dreamcast into Vault and playing Soul Calibur on the projector. Yep. Yeah, good times, good times. To, uh, to, yeah, to, let me add to that mm-hmm. one specifically because... Um, it's a memory for me particularly because, like, this was back when I was, like, skeptical about it, and I was just like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it on the projector, I honestly didn't really notice anything at first. And I remember you were just like, you don't see the difference? I'm like, I, I, no, not really. And then I played Soul Calibur in the arcade by my school, like, the next maybe two weeks later, and I, I looked at it, and I'm just like, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? This is garbage. And then I went back to the Dreamcasters and I'm like, oh wow, there there is a really huge difference. How did I miss that? So anyway, that was that, that wasn't my fondest, but that was just something I wanted to add because you mentioned the projector moment and mm-hmm. I just remember that. So go on, sorry. Uh let's see. Another fond memory of Dreamcast is playing Shenmue in Japanese. Oh. Uh, 
the Japanese and the English Project Berkeley. And that that was just crazy because I I felt like I was a Japanese tourist playing that game. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was in Japanese. It was incredible. Um, Let's see. There was. You mean a tourist in Japan, not a Japanese? Yeah, I felt like. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I felt like I was a tourist in Japan. Mm, Okay. That was kind of what I meant by a Japanese tourist. Um, Let's see. What else have I got memories of that are good? Oh. Fond memory, and, and also a game that I liked most was um, Choo Choo Rocket. And in the frat house, having like Choo Choo Rocket mania, just having people in and out rotating through <laughs> Choo Choo Rocket. And the, it, the, the good thing about it is that uh, with Choo Choo Rocket, if you introduce it to somebody and you think that they might like it, uh, what happens is that if they don't really understand the game, they don't like it at all. And they're like, what the hell's going on? I, I don't get this. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. But when you have a group of, say, uh, 12 people, and they Who all understand it. the game, and they all want to uh, really, really compete in that game, it gets really, really fun. Uh, so we had a lot of um, a lot of good times with that in the frat house. Also with uh, NFL Blitz, uh, we played NFL Blitz, had a, a whole tournament in the house, because everybody was like crazy over NFL Blitz, just like knocking the shit out of each other. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I, I, I'm surprised. I don't know what happened to them, but I don't have any of my NFL 2K games. Oh shit! But I have the NBA 2K. I have 2K1 and 2K2, which is weird. Um, I should have played it, but I I was kind of scared. <laughs> so I didn't want to like be disappointed by how like old or how dated that that game is. But then I played some other old games, like I, I played Revolt. I always thought that revolt. Um, even was that like it. the toy the toy racer game from Acclaim? Yeah, and apparently that was the best conversion of that game. Uh, but the controls are really loose. I thought I had Hi- I did have Hydro Thunder, but I don't have it anymore. But that was another game that I really liked a lot, and that was one of my first like um, American games that I got before mm-hmm. the uh, mod chips came out for the Japanese Dreamcast. So you had to do a, a swap trick. And yeah. I had this whole formula for the swap trick and Hydro Thunder formula. was one of the games. Um, let's see. Uh, a memory that I have, well, it's not really a memory, but it's something that I remember doing was hoping, praying, and hoping that a sequel to Shining Force would come out on Dreamcast. Oh. That was one that, uh, it, it would have been really good. Um, and then uh, I guess just to, to kind of wind it down, the one of my other favorite games is, of course, Virtual on Oratorial Tangra, which uh, was a wonderful, wonderful Dreamcast game, which I bought a set of Twin Sticks for, and a, a, it wasn't a Dreamcast Twin Sticks because those were really expensive and really limited edition. So I got the Saturn uh-huh. ones, and I got an adapter to connect the Saturn ones to the Dreamcast. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And um, other quick little things that I liked was playing on a monitor. Oh, yes, and then, VGA of course, box. Yeah, and aside from playing on a monitor with the VJ box, uh, you put on me onto that. It, oh yeah, it was all you. That was the shit. Um, and then playing like Ikaruga. Well, when oh. I played my, uh, you know, Mike's brother's Ikaruga because I don't have Ikaruga for Dreamcast. Master Mike's brother. But, uh, I remember playing it and flipping my console. I mean, my console, my uh. My TV. monitor on its side, the big ass seventeen inch monitor, Shit. picked it up and flipped it on its side so I could play <laughs> vertical. 
And uh, yeah, and then there's House of the Dead too. And um, Typing of the Dead too. I don't have Typing of the Dead. You had it for PC though. Yeah. 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 Which is you know where you type. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Power Stone, oh, yeah. Street Fighter, Alpha 3, all those wonderful games that came out for Dreamcast that were just, they were just perfect. They they meant to go there, and uh, yeah. If only Outrigger was better, uh, that would be another game I'd talk about, but I didn't buy it. What's that one? Outrigger was like a, a arcade first-person shooter kind of game. Uh it was kind of like the Sega's answer to Quake, but it's oh. Naomi graphics and an arcade, and then they converted it to America American Dreamcast, but it wasn't all that good. And it was supposed to have online play, and I don't think it did. <laughs> I think I remember seeing that in an arcade once, and I was like, I'm not dealing with this. What? What? What is? What? What are these two joysticks here? I, I <laughs> what? Huh? Yeah, and then uh, there's uh, Planet Harriers, which I wish would have came out for Dreamcast 2. And um, there was another... Oh, Sega Super GT, which wasn't really built on anything that was compatible with Dreamcast, but Matt and I wanted that to come out for Dreamcast so bad. Did that end up being... um, Oh, no, that was... Sorry, that was Metropolis Streetwear, so I was going to ask if that's what ended up being um, Project Gotham, but not. It was not. It was not. Um, anything else or Pete? Uh, did you have a Dreamcast? Do you have any? This is a Dreamcast. I, I did have a Dreamcast. Uh, this is a bad email for me to come back to the show on though because uh, <laughs> I don't really have fond memories of the Dreamcast. Um, it was more <laughs> You're like I hated it. It was more of my brothers. Like, but when when I was that young and stuff, we oh. shared systems and stuff. I I think at that point because right. uh, you know uh, I, I had the original PlayStation and then the Dreamcast came out. So uh, what, what came out? What Dreamcast came out before the PlayStation Two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Okay, yes. so by a year, right, Al? Yes, it did. Oh, yeah, because 2000 was... Way before right, the, right. the PS2 and EA was shitting on it because they were like, oh, we needed to uh, to to show its worth. We're not going to put any games out for it. And then the PS2 came out and they put out Madden XXXXX and then that's the next part of the question. All right. Um. Yeah, so anyway, like... So then I had the PS, uh, my brother got the Dreamcast, and eventually I wound up getting the PS2. Um, but uh, during when my brother had the Dreamcast, I don't remember what games he had or what games we played, but I remember specifically playing Shen, Shenmue and hating that game. Um, the, uh, I don't know, just, I played it through completion, and I don't remember why exactly I hated it. I just, I didn't enjoy my entire time playing it. Maybe it just felt like, maybe the whole gameplay just felt tedious or whatever. And I remember at the time everyone building it up because of like the dynamic weather system and stuff. And <laughs> like, I would always, after I finished it, I told people, I was like, yeah, the only reason people like this game is because like, it was just not like, it was just a hype machine for this whole dynamic weather system, which is like this new tech. It's like, <laughs> who cares about the game? The, I mean, the tech may be great. It's all about the weather. Yeah. It's like the tech may be great, but the game around it, I didn't find enjoyable. Um, and I couldn't understand why everyone like loved that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I played that, and I played games like Crazy Taxi, and a lot of the uh, like um, launch like games. I think Virtual Tennis was a launch game and stuff, so I remember playing that. But uh, oh man, overall that game, <laughs> hours upon hours. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> that was a weird, <laughs> weird, weird stop. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So overall, I I just really don't have very fond memories of Dreamcast. Uh, Maybe if I had stuck with it towards the, some of the later games, um, or like I don't remember if my brother kept it for the later games or whatever, but uh, 
I just like didn't spend much time with it. Although I do remember one time at my friend's house, uh, he had it and he um had Fantasy uh Star, and that was like you know one of the first like console online games or whatever. And I remember him going online and uh then somebody in the um lobby area was running around screaming about like the apocalypse or or something <laughs> or the end is nigh and, uh, and I guess they had hacked the you know because a lot of times people would hack the lobbies there and like yeah. cause the whole like uh, shard or whatever that is like the different segments of the server or whatever like that particular instance to crash so like mm-hmm. game shard code to cast a spell and then... yeah so like that's what people apparently were doing all the time is like my friend would just log in watch someone crash a server and like laugh his ass off about it so <laughs> that that's about all the memories i have <laughs> oh man talking about fantasy star online i i have memories of somebody else playing that game for hours and hours and hours and hours moochie uh, norris yeah one of my uh <laughs> that was back in the day back back way back uh but virtual tennis that was another game where we had like choo-choo rocket type uh intense Competition. competition, yeah, two one, and, and this time, people more people understood it because it was a tennis game. Well, the same people who understood Twitchy Rocket were the same people who understood oh. virtual tennis. You know, twelve people something like that just yelling and screaming at each other, doing uh, playing doubles. It was it was very very crazy. Um, yeah, I'm done. How about you, Austin? <laughs> um, the the games that I particularly like, um. I would I would say I would say the arcade ports, Soul Calibur, um, Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, what else is there? Crazy Taxi, and and, and most of them were launched, right? Um, except for MVC two. Yeah, except for MVC two. I think so. I don't remember because most of those games you just mentioned I have from Japan. Right, right. Um, let's see what else. What else? What else? Uh, I believe I. Oh, the shooters. Okay, so there's Mars Matrix, and of, of course, Ik- well, Ikaruga doesn't really count because I got that on GameCube, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to go there. Um, I think that oh, NBA obviously the NBA 2K series starting with 2K1 mm-hmm. because 2K the original 2K I didn't really like. Um, okay. 2K1 started to come into its own. Um, Dead or Alive 2, I, I I was entertained by it for a little bit, but I preferred Virtua Fighter, um, mostly because my roommate had this asshole friend who who was like. A bigger, you know, a bigger gaming geek than, than than we are, I guess, and so he played it all the time. And my introduction to him was, he came, up, he was sitting down on the couch, and he was like, "You can't beat me at this game." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I don't really play that. What if I said that you couldn't beat me at Marvel's Capcom 2? He's like, "I don't play that." I'm like, "That's exactly what I'm saying. So why do I care? Who are you? And why are you on my couch?" Because <laughs> I'm your roommate. <laughs> no, 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 his friend. Oh, oh, okay. My roommate's friend. But yeah, I was just like, "Dude, fuck you." So like. My opinion of, you know, Dead or Alive, yes, completely based on that. That's Not really, funny. but, you know, I kind of got soured on that. I'm like, what? Yeah, we played a lot of Dead or Alive in the front house, too. I wanted to play that um, during my uh, Dreamcast Appreciation Day, but I then decided that I didn't want to sit there and counter all day. Yeah, that's another reason why I didn't really like it, because it, it was almost a little bit too easy to counter. It was way too easy to counter. So... I'm trying to I'm trying to be lenient on it since the system is dead now and I feel sorry for it. So. But Tecmo ain't dead because you could bounce Jubilees in. Oh God! In, you got it in Sigma Two. Christ. Um, I think um as far as memorable moments with it, um, I guess, kind of being able to pick it up for a hundred bucks first of all, 
and mm. then like because because I didn't I didn't own one until the tail end of its you know of, of its life life cycle, and owning one for ninety nine bucks and then going into Elizabeth Street and just seeing all the games out there because like I had never shot for Dreamcast games before. But because it was near the end of it, it's kind of the same thing that happened with me in the PlayStation. It's just like I looked at all the stuff on the shelves, and I'm like, I don't have to worry about games coming out because everything already came out, and I'm just going to pick and choose. And just seeing everything up there and being able to get it for cheap and then haggling with the Elizabeth Street guys. And then, you know, um, I think, and this is one of my embar- most embarrassing game moments from, like, how, how many episodes ago that we did this? But, like, we were playing NBA 2K once, or 2K1 once, and, like, I was playing against one of my friends who was trash-talking so heavily, and the Dreamcast was on a table with a bunch of CDs next to it. And, remember, wired controllers. And so, like, he kept on talking shit and talking shit and talking shit. And I blocked a really big shot. Like, he went up for a dunk, and I blocked it. And I kind of just stood up, and, like, I pumped my fist. I was like, yeah! But the wire knocked over all the CDs. Oh, shit. On the table, and, like, a whole bunch of my friends are, of all of our friends are over. And they're just like, dude... He just broke his CDs. I'm like, I, 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 I'm sorry, but, but that was a good block. Whatever. <laughs> um, the second question: Seeing how the Dreamcast was killed by the PS2, there's a comparison to today's gaming systems. When do you think we'll reach the bar in terms of console evolution? We've been getting, we've been getting less and less of that audiovisual bump every new console iteration. So when do you think we'll be reaching that point of no more new systems? Let's make awesome games. Um, I just want to take a stab at the first part of the question really quickly. Um, was the Dreamcast really killed by the PS2 in the context in which he's speaking? Because, yes, sales-wise it was killed, but, like, we never really got to see the Dreamcast evolve with its 3D, 3D graphics, so I'm not comfortable saying that the PS2 killed the Dreamcast on a technological standpoint. I'm not comfortable saying that. Right. I, I would have to agree with that. Um, I mean, at this point, they're, they're still kind of making Dreamcast games, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the technology has had its limit hit, especially right. since most of the games that have come out for the Dreamcast in the past couple years have just been bullet hell shooters. Um, right. And then apparently a game came out on Wednesday. It was some, like, cheap rally racing game or some stupidness. But yeah. um, I can imagine that the, the, the graphics on the Dreamcast would probably be maybe comparable to uh, early GameCube, maybe middle range GameCube, maybe? By the time it reached its, uh... It's ends, uh, what do you call it? Something or other? Let's see. Uh, Pete asked, Knights and Panzer Dragoon, they were Saturn games. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Neither I mean, of those you... games had a, an iteration on, uh, Dreamcast. Which... I was just trying to remember if I had any other fond Dreamcast memories, but apparently I just fondly remember other Sega systems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I would have to say that the, the, the Dreamcast was really, uh, it had a lot of potential. Even though I, I played it on a composite video today, or not today, Wednesday, uh, I tried to connect it to my TV using the VGA box, and it would not work, unfortunately. It, it said mode not available. Um, oh. I'm wondering if it's just a TV that wasn't able to process a, a 640x480 from the Dreamcast using the VGA box. Um, Or maybe it was something else. I don't know. But anyway, um, even playing on composite, the the graphics still looked pretty good. They looked a little, uh, you know, aliased. Uh, Not aliased. Yeah, aliased, and then using the anti-aliasing, it looked a little blurry at the same time. Uh, But playing games like Daytona was just like, it's still refreshing. It still felt 
really good to look at the the processing power of the Dreamcast. And I think that had the Dreamcast made it all the way to, uh, well, they were doing five-year life cycles back then, right? More or less, yeah. More or less. So had it really survived to 2004, 2005, um, let's see, what was coming, what was out 2004, 2005? That was, like, big. I mean, the Tekken 5, not even Tekken 5, Tekken 4, I guess, maybe came out in 05? Let's see, I know I went to E3 04, and Tekken something or other. Crisis Zone was uh, at E3 2004, and that's a pretty okay-looking game. Uh, well, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater came out around uh, 2004. Uh, what else did I see at that show? And I was like, trying to make a comparison to like how those games look to right. uh, how a Dreamcast game could possibly look in comparison. Uh the DS had just come out then, but for GameCube you had, let's see, Beautiful Joe 2. Well, uh, even even forgetting about what came out in 2004, 2005, like, the, the two games that kind of tell me how, how it would have fared are first Soul Calibur, which is a first-gen game, and then Dead or Alive 2. Soul Calibur still looks really good. Yeah, it does. Um, my only thing is that if that's a first-gen game and it looks that good, does that uh, demonstrate a, a limit on the Dreamcast, or does that d- demonstrate a potential for Dreamcast, you know? Uh, that we'll never know. But imagine if you could get, say, Soul Calibur 4 graphics. No, nah, nah, that's way too much. Soul Calibur 2 <laughs> graphics. Say, Xbox or GameCube Soul Calibur 2 graphics on the Dreamcast. I mean, technically, it's technically it's possible because... There's really nothing stopping you from going, uh, say, ProScan with um, the VGA box. And you well, can go ProScan with the GameCube. So you could probably, like, I don't, I would have to look at a graphical comparison just to see and remember what Soul Calibur 2 looked like on the GameCube. But just to right. see. No, Soul, Cal- Soul Calibur 2 did look better than Soul Calibur 1. Like, I, 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 I'm sure of that. Well, I'm, I'm not talking sure about better or worse. Oh, I'm oh, just oh. looking at. Uh, the actual quality of that game, and to think and imagine, could the Dreamcast produce that type of quality in you know right, right. its life cycle? And I and, and I mean to 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 me to 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 ask the question of does this mean that the Dreamcast has topped out in the first gen, or does that mean that it has potential? Is to ask the question of, is to to kind of buy into the whole Sony like Sony's previous like bullshit about like oh the PS3 is hard to program for because we want it to keep advancing for 10 years and it's like no i mean things uh, xbox 360 is quote end quote easy to program for mm-hmm. right but you still see things getting better and better even though games look like project gotham racing coming out of the gate which looked really good right. you know so i'm not willing to say that it would have been topped out because then you ignore all the talented engineers that figure their way around hardware no matter how easy it is to use right and then, so then, if we're going with the fact that there is more potential, and this is a great example of the potential, then I would think that by the end of its life cycle, it would probably may even have made, you know, produced games that may have been all overall better looking than PlayStation 2, just because of the uh, easiness to program for it. Maybe? Possibly? Who knows? All right, Stewie. All right, Stewie. <laughs> well,. Yes and no, because, I mean, the PS2, I mean, when you're talking about at least first-party stuff, like, 
I think the difficulty lay in people who just didn't get the hardware and people who were, you know, first party people like I mean they were closer to the company so you had shit like God of War. Yeah. And Could the Dreamcast pull off God? Yeah. Grand Turismo. Could the Dreamcast pull off God of War? I mean, I'm not going to rule it out, but I would guess not. I'm going to I'm just going to pretend that I know and say maybe not, but you never know. But are but you still, saying I mean, God of like... War uh in terms of graphical quality or you turn are you talking about God of War in terms of uh say the amount of content and the production values, because I think that uh, when it comes to oh, just graphical, value, just, just graphical quality, just yeah. graphical, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of pop up. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Oh, pop up. Oh, remember that? Yeah, we don't really see that much anymore. Uh, but, thank uh, God, I did see some pop up. You know why? Because the N sixty four is gone. Well, actually, no, that was fog machine. No, now we just see no, faded no, with N64, the Unreal Engine. Pop up USA. Oh yeah, fade in with the Unreal Engine. Like, yeah, that's true, Pete. Good point. Oh, it's fading now. Well, you know, like the, Unreal, the... like Gears of War, like the pop in, the textures pop in. Oh yeah. Or like Mass Effect, how everybody looks all like weird until like all the textures load in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's not like Pop Up USA where UV drive. Yeah. Literally, everything comes up to Pop Up USA before you actually get to it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think Cruising. for we, it's still like that. Cruising for Wii is abjectly horrible. Yeah. I think Alex had to review that. <laughs> it was, like, unacceptably terrible. Let's get to the second part of the question. Which Yeah, I want to answer that. Okay. Uh, when do you think we'll reach the bar in terms of console evolution? We'll be getting less and less of that audiovisual bump every new console iteration. Can I go? Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I was going to say that uh, I, I definitely feel like we, we have reach the point where the company I don't know if we've reached the point where like they can't evolve the consoles anymore but I definitely feel like we've reached the point where the companies don't want to cuz you look at this past E3 I mean theoretically I mean it as as history has proven like it's mostly been a 5 year lifespan like this should have been the time when new consoles were announced and instead what did the you know at least Sony and Microsoft what do they do they announced new like peripheral stuff for their consoles these these uh you know, motion things, Natal and the PS3 motion thing, um, because I feel like they've gotten to the point where, like, you know, making a console is a big investment in research and development, and then they take a loss. Most companies take a loss when they sell consoles, obviously. Nintendo's disproven that, but um, most companies, like uh, Sony and Microsoft, were taking a loss on each console sold, and they do that just to get the installed base so that they can sell, then sell the games or their proprietary stuff like Microsoft does to make back right. the money. So I definitely mm-hmm. think Sony and Microsoft are at the point where, like, fuck it, we don't want to make another console. We just want to keep selling shit for the console we have out. So I think that's why we saw these announcements we saw from them this past E3. And I definitely think that when it comes time for these consoles to die, we will definitely be in a digital age where there just won't be a console anymore. Things are just going to go purely digital. Um, <clears throat> if anything, they might Microsoft and Sony might release a new new box to take advantage of a digital age but i don't think we're going to see another console where you put a disc in and it like i don't think you'll see another console where it will replace either the 360 or the ps3 like as the new standard and how long are you are we saying like as i think he asked like when do you think well i definitely think it'll happen within like five years Mm -hmm. like i think the ps3 will last its 10-year life cycle the 360 is already beyond five years now wait wait no 2004 okay it's it's hitting five years Soon, like now, um, so uh, 
I, I mean, the 360 will probably iterate uh, with, like, console upgrades, especially if Natal doesn't, like... I don't know. No one really knows if Natal is going to work with the current 360 hardware. They say it will, right. but, you know, they might have to release a uh, a reiteration of the 360 hardware to work with Natal. Um, so I could see that happening, but I don't see them releasing a new Xbox. Um, and, uh, I mean, I definitely foresee that within five years' time, the, everything's just going to go digital anyway. Right. Hal? Well, uh, I'll just begin by saying that Sony's trying to do stereoscopic 3D. Excuse me. Stereoscopic Burp. 3D on um, their PlayStation 3. Right. So they're still trying to work on their audiovisual uh, bumpage, to put it a funny way. Bumpage. They may wind up doing something where, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of talk about this whole stereoscopic 3D. Uh, I wanna, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I do want to talk about that. Yeah, we have a, an article on it, so we'll talk about it later. But oh, okay. uh, it's very possible that Sony may bring out a new console that supports the stereoscopic 3D. But who knows? Will it be an iteration of the PS3, or do you think it would be in a, a new console? That's the problem. I think it'll be an iteration of the PS3 because they really want to push the 10 years since the first like three years have been pure suck. Hardware-wise. <laughs> um so I, I don't think it, that Sony will feel like it's time to move on to another console, but they really want. I think they really want to bring out this stereoscopic 3D. Um, but in terms of just general like graphics and uh, producing consoles and things like that, uh, I honestly think that the Wii has really kind of killed the the curve a bit because what people buy and what the technology moves toward are kind of two different things now, or at least it's been shown that they're two different things because of the amount of market share that the Wii has and its uh, technological capability. We're starting to see, of course, like you said, uh, Natal and the PS3 One thing. They're trying to move on to some uh, motion control type of things. Ice cream consoles. And... Um, it really seems like there's going to be more of a focus on interactivity and uh, more of a community than producing a box that can put a whole bunch of triangles on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, I feel like <clears throat> things can get better because obviously you see the FMVs still exist and <clears throat> you see... Uh, there's still a quality gap between in-game graphics and uh, cinematic and yep. cinematics, and that's mainly because uh, the pre-rendering takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of computers, takes a lot of processing power. Uh, do you think that maybe uh, we would be able to come out with one box that could produce that type of uh, quality in real time? I don't know, uh, mainly because. As we progress further along in uh, console processing power, the processing power for uh, CGI increases too. So you have these movies like, you know, Up and Ice Age 2, and they look freaking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I, I can only wonder how many computers running, you know, concurrently produce that type of quality in that type of size. Because, you know, it's, uh, I don't know what the, um, the resolution of the original format of the movie is, but 
it's probably maybe bigger than 1080i, you know, could be, who knows, but trying to make like an Xbox 360 or a PS3 do that is just a lesson of utility. Right. And then by the time a, a, a console comes out that can produce that type of graphic, imagine what the CGI movies are going to look like. Yeah, and it's also a matter of do we really need that because a lot of people are just – a lot of people were happy with Ratchet and Clank Future. True. In terms of like, oh my god, this is a Pixar game and no one really cared. They just left it at that. you know. And it, it's clearly not, but like when you're playing it, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, I mean I think that and, – and, and the reason why I, I'm – kind of I'm a little tentative about this because I feel like what happens to video card manufacturers for PC games when people really just stop caring about that you know um, do they are they like dead in the water do they have to start like you know converting all their factories to make chipsets for like rendering farm for rendering software for for CGI movies instead of you know in, instead of gaming hardware I mean because once that's once the consoles are over and the consoles are ones that are leading the market I mean there's still going to be a market for people who really want to play Crisis 27 and have it, like, super photorealistic. So I, I don't know. Um, honestly, like, I've, uh, while I like technology and I like seeing the advancements in terms of necessity, I, I, like you, Al, I think we can do better. But I, don't, I, I think it's pointless to try and do better, except if we're trying to do things like, all right, let's make sure that everything runs at 60 frames a second. Period. That's it. I would like to see that achieved, and then past that, I don't care. Um, yeah. Is it going to happen? Probably not. So I don't know. I guess I'm in the same boat as both you and you, Pete. Of like, you know, this is probably the last real one we'll see. Maybe, maybe there's one more where they try to make a push, but I, I don't really see it, you know, advancing past this without any sort of hook. You know, I could easily see. Um, I could, I could, I could actually easily see them making a Wii 2 at some point ten years down the line. Or something, because of the fact that like TVs will get phased out to a p certain point where like the old like like I always complain about this on this podcast. I know that, but like I hate the fact that my Wii lags on my TV. I'm sorry, it it makes it almost unplayable in some cases, and they yeah, need to fix that. I don't quite understand that, and I, I get no lag on my TV. I don't understand why. Uh, I mean, maybe it's a TV issue. I don't. It is I, a TV issue. I but, yeah, but... I was gonna say I don't think I've experienced lag on mine playing. With my Wii on my HD TV, yeah, it's a it's um, it, it's it's a TV thing, and it's just like until they get uh, until they get that stuff working better, like it's going to be a problem, and someone is going to have to fix it, regardless of whether it's Nintendo or the TV manufacturers or whatever. Um, someone's going to have to fix it, and I think the easiest way for it to for, for them to do it is just make it 720p compatible. At this point, it's probably affordable to do. Well, at the point where they decide to do it, it's probably affordable enough to do so. And it's not a matter of like, it's not a matter of pushing polygons, but just of making sure that it doesn't look like a blurry mess, because it does on some TVs. It just does, um, and I I think they need to fix that. But other than that, I don't think like, do we really need to have any more characters on screen than we already have in Dead Rising? Probably not. Do we really need to have fancier looking smoke? I think Modern Warfare looks good enough. Um, so yeah, I mean. Unless you really want to make that Pixar movie run on an Xbox 360, which again is an exercise in futility and it's pointless, who who cares? Um, is there another part of this question? Uh, no. Nope. Nope. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Edu, <coughs> for the question. We're moving on to the news.
We're at the news, and we're going to start off with some numbers in sales. Uh, the first thing, this is from actually from last week. Um, I forgot to point this out, but last week they had uh, CNET's gadget blog reported some weekly sales numbers. Usually we get monthly MPD numbers, but they recorded weekly sales from August 23rd to August 29th. The PlayStation 3 outsold everything else except for the P, uh, for the DS, which is a, a pretty good victory for them. Um, it outsold the three. Actually, out of the three consoles, the Wii was on the bottom that week. Not mm-hmm. to, not that that says much because it's like between the 360 and the Wii, it's a difference of 400 units. But it, it, it you know, it, it almost certainly had to do with the price drop. Didn't the price drop go into effect like last week of August? Last week, yeah. So that was the last week of August. So there you go. I mean, that that's clear. And DS is still ahead. But that was a small tidbit. Um, leading into the actual MPD numbers, which are going to go through quickly because everybody just wants to hear the numbers and go away. Um, we is <laughs> we is still on top, even with the PS3's push. Uh, but the DS, of course, is still selling. Well, it sold half a million. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ! I just noticed that. I was like, okay, DS is on top. How much does it sell? Five hundred K. The uh, all the consoles sold under three hundred K, and the PS2 is still managing to sell in six digits. Um, but the real story here is that Madden outsold. We actually, it's not even a real story, is it? Madden yeah. outsold. Madden no 10. <laughs> the, although, although, Madden 10 for a single platform outsold Wii Sports Resort, yeah. and that's the 360. That makes uh, a big deal. Yeah, and then the PS3 version uh, is in third, and then the PS2 version is in sixth. Wow. Wow. So, and, and the PS2 version of Madden 10 outsold Wii Fit and Mario Kart Wii. Wow, Wait something is knocking off Mario Kart Wii. Something is not on the list. We play. We play's not on the yes. list. Holy shit. Yes. Wow. However, um, with Madden 10 selling as much as it is, and this is why football players don't want to be on the cover. Al, you want to talk about that since you picked the Steelers? Sure, but before I do that, I just want to mention that um, I think we play's uh, mispresence or whatever disappearance. Lack of presence. Lack of presence on the yes, top ma'am. 10 has a lot to do with dual skew games. Because you got Madden 10. For both PS3 and the Xbox right, 360, right, Arkham right, Asylum for both 360 right, and PS3. Right. Also, Madden 10 for PS2, and that's right. what one, two, three, four, five slots already out of the other five, which are Wii and DS and a one PSP game which came out this month. Um, so yeah, going into uh, John Madden Football 2010. Um, there is this little thing called the Madden Curse where uh, whoever's on the cover of John Madden Football for that year gets injured and pretty much injured for anywhere between a couple of weeks and the entire season. And um, Game 1, which happened on Thursday, Steelers versus the uh, Titans, Troy Polamalu uh, popped his knee off. <laughs> oh! It was a really fucked up injury if you saw oh. it. He like made a split and his knee was oh. just like going backwards. Oh, I uh, hate sports injuries. Oh, yeah, It was really rough. Uh, he injured his knee and he'll be out for at least three weeks, uh, at most six weeks. And oh. that was game one. So now everybody's looking <laughs> at uh, Larry Fitzgerald and they're like, uh, you know, is he going to get hurt his first game? Because that's, you know, the whole man and curse. Like, it's happened, like, every year for some odd reason. Um, and they even mentioned in this uh, 
Game Life article. It says other supposed Madden curse victims uh, include cover athletes from the past few games, including Michael Vick, Donovan yeah. <laughs> Sean Alexander, Vince Young, and Brett Favre. Of course, last year, Brett Favre, he, um, he tore his uh, bicep tendon, but Jesus. he played through the entire season. The right. thing was, he was supposed to all retire because he felt like he yeah. didn't throw anymore. And yeah. then he was, you know, he came back and was like, oh, I'm on the Vikings now. Um, oh, I'm on the Vikings now. <laughs> I'm not going to retire. I'm Michael Jordan. I can't put things down. <laughs> and then uh, this is really funny. It's in 2007, fans of San Diego Chargers running back with Damian Thompson, a.k.a. LT, were so concerned about the possibility of him being on the cover that they started a website <laughs> called SaveLTFromMadden.com. <laughs> <laughs> Tomlinson declined the offer citing contractual reasons. That's uh, funny. I wonder who was on. Oh, uh, Sean Alexander was on instead. Um, so, yeah, it kind of sucks. But, you know, uh, Troy Palomaro is a great player. I think that they, they'll still do well without him. I mean, they still beat the Titans. And, I mean, he's just a strong safety. It's not like he's the quarterback and he's driving force behind the offense. He's just really good at like effing people up. <laughs> and and it was funny. I was watching the game, and uh, a commercial comes on. The sportscaster goes up to Troy Palomalo and asks him, "So uh, you won that last game in overtime or something like that?" He made up some thing, and he's like, well, "How do you feel about your gameplay tactics during the la la?" And then he starts talking about his hair. He starts talking about hair and shoulders. <laughs> and then he goes, "Okay." But how do you feel about that game-winning drive or that interception you made or whatever? He goes, well, I believe the head and shoulders does really good for my, uh, whatever he was talking about, his hair. And then the guy goes, like, uh, the sportscaster tells him, uh, I wasn't really asking you about your hair. I was asking about the game. And then Troy goes, what your eyes were telling me. <laughs> but your eyes just... <laughs> I was just like, leave it to Troy Palomaro to do a hair commercial because he's got big hair. Because he's, he's got Al hair. No. Um. Yeah. That and as you mentioned while we were talking about what you were playing, what we've been playing, that doesn't necessarily affect what you're going to do in your draft because it's a draft, right? So you get to build your own team. Like just because you pick, the, you pick the Steelers, but that doesn't mean that you are going to have the roster because you're drafting right. players, right? It's so just a uniform and a playbook. Okay, I gotcha. Alrighty. All right. So Madden Curse done. Um, we're going to uh completely. Se- well, no, because linebackers are are big guys. Yeah. And Fairly sometimes big. they have sweaty stomachs. Yeah, and uh, Gabe Newell <laughs> is is also a big guy and has a sweaty stomach. That's just not healthy, dude. Seriously, <laughs> like, that's not that's that's well. That's at least healthy. his knees aren't sweating because we can't see them in the picture. Well, that's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, but yeah, sweaty. Yeah, knees. I, <laughs> Pete, I do want to get your thoughts on this one. Um, they, there's a there's an article out there that says that the Left of for Dead. There were Left for Dead two boycotters that were flown to Valve to actually try it, um, and it worked on them. They 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 go and they plot they they try the game and then they're like, oh, it seems balanced. It doesn't feel rushed and like it's quality. It, you know, it's only going to get better. It you know, it seems fine. And there are two ways you could go about it. The first thing is just like, dude, they just gave you an all expenses trip paid out to p- play a fucking game ahead of time. What are you gonna right? Say? Exactly. The other <laughs> the other angle is what this link is, and I didn't click it, but the the link. That connects to um, that, that's connected to from the um, from the Kotaku article is um, I don't even want to read this whole thing. They, they summarize it as this: as you could guess, the reaction of the nutcases to the trader nutcases was less than positive. So basically, they're like, "Oh my God, these our friends are no traders." They went boycott. 
as someone who was a little bit upset about the Left 4 Dead 2 thing, what do you think about this whole rigmarole? Well, I just think it's ridiculous for them to boycott it in the first place. I mean, um, boycotts are dumb, and having Valve fly these two kids out is just like paying credence to the fact that, I guess, boycotts can have some sort of power or something. Like, now anytime somebody's, like, upset about it, it's like, oh my god, boycott! I mean, it happens anyway, but, you know, like, I don't know, it's just kind of ridiculous that they went ahead and did this, because I don't think that Valve needed to do this to, uh, to prove to people that, you know, Left 4 Dead 2 is going to be something more than than they could have just done an expansion for. Um, from hearing from other podcast people, like, you know, professional podcast people, uh, like, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like Left 4 Dead 2 is a lot more than just what they could have done an expansion for. Obviously, I won't know until I play it. I can't really gauge until I play it. But, I mean, even though I was upset about it, I was never, like, that upset. And you like, boycott it. Yeah, and now that the, it's, like, gone, gone to this weird spiral of uh, these two kids are traitors and, you know, now let's let's boycott them and, Val- and, and Valve. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, just stupid. No, yeah. It, it's just gotten ridiculous. I mean, I, I think the rational... The rational. I think I. I think I had a rational response to it as somebody who is a big Valve and and a fan and Left 4 Dead fan is just to like kind of get upset that you know they didn't just support it for longer than like I would have expected, but just <laughs> you know get upset and then get over it because like you know that's the way the world works and you know the fact that this boycott has gotten this far is more ridiculous than anything else. Oh yeah, you want to know how far this boycott has gotten? Uh. A an Australian modder of um, Left 4 Dead had emailed Gabe Newell to complain that he wasn't flown in for the playtest of uh, <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2. And according to this article, which I'm going to click now, uh, Gabe Newell had set up a boycott of this guy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, let's see. He says... Uh, I think you just opened up a can of worms. Why the hell haven't I been flown to Valve? I mean, you guys need to preview my campaign. It's Gabe Newell's says, we are boycotting your campaign. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. Um, he, I, I'm just kind of getting the gist of it here. But it's a, it is a joke, apparently. And, yeah, uh, I would hope it's a joke. There was and, a... Uh, Wait, 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 wait. So they say in the article, so what's left to be done? Boycott or boycott? Two of those <laughs> won't make a right here. Instead, Joe has begun a fund drive to collect enough money to fly both down to Brisbane to test out his campaign. To, I guess to <laughs> test out his <laughs> campaign. Eric Johnson. And it's a ticket from Seattle to Brisbane runs about $1,000 uh, U.S. Joe has six Australian dollars in donations so far. <laughs> so they have the updates. This is all a big gab, although the donation totals up to $375.75, with 100 of that coming from Valve's Robin Walker, who writes, This is Robin Walker from Valve. The rest of us at Valve would sure appreciate a couple of days without Eric around, so thanks for organizing this. Quick question, though. <laughs> if I donated more, would you buy a one-way ticket for him? So he knows where this is headed. That's and fun. nobody's pissed at anyone. It's clearly a parody of the rest of boycott things that displease you in video games. Although I do acknowledge that my aside, or was anyway. Uh, anyway, I can't really understand that. He thought that people were pissed off, but uh, other people—they're—they're they're not really pissed off. But I thought that was funny. Are they pissed off? I don't think that they're really pissed off, but that was funny to mention. Are they pissed off? 
I don't think that they're pissed off, but I think that was funny to mention. They might not be pissed off. What do you think? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen is coming out. Wait, oh, <laughs> okay. You segue before I get to say what I was going to say. Yes. Oh, let's rewind that bit. No, too late. The segue happened. Keep going. Keep going. All right, so <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen is coming out December 17th for $95. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. That's a lot of money. You think? 8,800 yen. Ooh, a lot of money. Is, okay, so I'm, I looked through this article, and it's ass short. So I'm like, all right, there's, there's nothing. There are no details here. And I'm wondering, are they coming out with some like super, super pack or some shit like that, and that's why it's going to cost that much? Or are they just being jerks? I mean, I, see, I don't know how much Final Fantasy costs in Japan anyways. So is this just standard for Japan? Well, Japan does have, like, a greater fluctuation of gaming prices. I mean... That's uh, true. That is true. Yeah, because, like, some RPGs will cost, like, way above, you know, the average price. And then there's other games that, like, the Japanese culture... Like, the Japanese people, like, don't really... Aren't as into as the Western audience. So, like, those will be, like, you know, change. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Because I saw this, and I'm just like, I'm not paying 100 bucks on good faith alone. Like... If you gave me the game to try out and I played it for 90 hours, then I'd give you 100 bucks if I really liked it. Not <laughs> after this. the fact. I'm saying, I like. I just think that's funny. Yeah. I, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. Now, now I, I just I have to mention one thing. Now, granted, okay, given the economy and how much money comes out of that, you know, for example, like when I went to France. And, you know, five francs was a dollar back in 1994. <laughs> uh, I still felt like with the money that I had, if the, the prices were way too high. But then I had to think about it. Well, maybe if I was making a regular income in France, five francs would be nothing because I'd be making, like, say, if I made uh, $2,000 in uh, a two-week period, right. uh, it's roughly translated, that would be, like, 10,000 francs, something like that, uh, every two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, all about standard of living. Right, but now, am I making 10,000 francs, or am I making maybe 14,000 francs every two weeks? So, maybe 8,800 yen isn't really that much to them? Right, right. Maybe, but to us, but like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. But as Pete said, it's like the game prices fluctuate, and so like... When when other games are like at a certain, pr- I mean they do fluctuate, but there's a there's kind of like a, a a baseline, not a baseline, but like most of the ones I see hover between you know the forty and seventy mark, right? And then this is like a hundred. Like, it what? also needs to be mentioned. I mean, it doesn't say in this article where the that price quote came from. It says that you know the True. release date came out of the Japanese press event, but it doesn't specifically say that that price quote came out of the press event. True. Yeah, this is, in fact, a very uninformative article. That's okay, because all we need to know is that I'm not buying it for $100. Right, and we won't be getting it until spring of next year anyway or something right. like that. However, would you buy Sonic for $100 if it were 2D and HD? Oh, segue! I uh, would no. buy <laughs> it for $50. 50 Talking about 50 I want you to uh, summarize this baby for us. Yeah, um, Sega came out with a trailer on uh, September, uh, I guess September 8th, according to this article. I thought it came out September 9th. Um, and 
there is a uh, thing going on at Sonic. Oh, yeah, Sonic. There's a thing going on at Sega at Sonic. Project <laughs> New Mouse. Oh, yeah, there's a thing going on at Sonic where you get, like, two-for-one meal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, guys, yes. I'm hungry. I gotta go. <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, so Project Needle Mouse is a, um, uh, something that they're teasing, and it, 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 the teaser trailer is just, like, some real short thing. It just goes Sega, and then something runs. Sega! And then it goes, <laughs> and it shows this silhouette of the Sonic the Hedgehog logo, which, the, the, honestly, the thing in the middle doesn't even look like Sonic, but... It, it no, it's is. it's not Sonic. It's the oh, you mean the um, the, the let me see. You know the the character that's actually in the logo. It doesn't really look like Sonic to me. It, the silhouette just looks like uh, yeah. it looks like Jirachi from fucking Pokemon. <laughs> uh, it's hard to tell with the silhouette. Yeah, but anyhow, that's gonna come out in 2010, and it's in HD, and it's supposed to be a uh, 2D like Sonic DS game. Or Sonic 1 and 2 for the Genesis, but not like Sonic Adventure. Which is a, you know, probably a good thing. Yeah, point. and hopefully it will uh, be good. <laughs> Why am I doing that the whole episode? I don't think that is Sonic. I, I don't it think is. so either. It's, the clip, it's supposed it says here the to. Teaser's clip tagline reads "Speed Returns" in an all-new 2D adventure built from the ground up. It doesn't say Sonic Returns. Right, but the thing is, if it comes out and they like cream the rabbit, <laughs> oh, I think it's, I think it's gonna be. That's a terrible a, name, by the way. But yeah. I don't think it'll be anybody from the Sonic universe. It'll probably be like Project Needle Mouse uh, 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 is probably uh, 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 uh. the code name for this new character. Ah, uh, here's the quote. Old school Sonic fans have long asked to see Sonic return to a more 2D style of gameplay, says Sega of America's Ken Balo. Yeah, Many that's liked why. the daytime yeah. stages in Unleashed but want to see a game that plays similar to the early games of Genesis. Project Needle Mouse is that critical first step that brings Sonic back to his 2D roots. Watch so, him cream the fucking rabbit. That's, gro- that's a gross ass name. What, what, what kind of mother did cream have? <laughs> well, cream. apparently, uh, wait, was that a <laughs> game or was that a <laughs> thing? I remember there was something where they were making upskirts of cream the rabbit. Oh God! Real? Uh, yeah, that uh, was funny. Fucking people. Yeah. Uh, ingrates. What? Creamed Children. Fucking rabbit. Anyway, uh, I would I would consume creamed rabbit were it a French dish or an Italian dish of rabbit in some kind of cream sauce with pasta. That sounds good. Yeah, but I think cre- that's good But too. to name your child cream, and furthermore, to have your child be a rabbit, which is already kind of. Gross enough, considering that Sonic was making out with some human chick in one of that one of those games. I don't know what it was. The, the, the 360 Sonic. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, was that sounds like a segue? Are you about to segue away? You segue because I was. Uh, I know. I, I wanted to say one. one thing real quick. Oh, though. say one thing then. I just want to say that whatever this game is, if it's uh going back to its 2D roots, even if it's going to be in HD, I think it should be uh downloadable. Downloadable. Arcades. Yes. Agree. Yes. Agree. I mean, if they can do that with Bionic Commando and things like that, then, like, there's no reason that this should be a full retail game. Um, I also wanted to say that I'm looking up images right now for Sonic... Uh, yeah, I'm looking up dirty Sonic images. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to find the uh, the logo, and I had it here a second ago, and that actually does sort of look like... I gotta bring back up the other image. Um... Sort of actually does look like the original Sonic logo, because like the out—if you just take the outline, it looks a little bit diff, like a little bit shaped different, but like his almost hairline the is same. Different. Yeah, just, we're talking about Sonic's hairline like, now. Yes, it's missing a few points, but it could theoretically be Sonic's image. 
Okay, so anyway, move on. I'm sorry. Uh, before uh, we move on, uh, I yeah. just want to talk very quickly about the news article that we're going to skip because we don't have reference. Uh, yeah. I saw the video of uh, the boob jiggly oh, goodness. with the 6-axis controller, and it's oh, funny. It is so fucking funny. Um, Basically... It looks like it's a spy cam video of <clears throat> Yosuke Hayashi. Uh, was it Yosuke Hayashi? Yosuke Hayashi. It is Hayashi. The, okay. Yes. Um, he's supposed I to be demoing, him. I guess. According to the article, he was demoing the uh, game. And there was a point where Rachel's just standing in front of the screen. And all <laughs> it is is like the camera kind of uh, is showing her from the waist up. Or maybe oh, the video got pulled. Up. Yeah. And yeah, the video got pulled. But um, the 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 breasts started jiggling like uh dead or like volleyball jiggly. jiggly, and then she turned around off. and ran away. But it was so funny because of the fact that I'm I'm just thinking of somebody just shaking the controller and that happening on the screen like real time boob jiggly physics. Who jiggly who just who got paid to do that? Jiggly <laughs> pops. So, uh, yes, while Sonic was in 2D, Sony might be producing their game images in stereoscopic oh. 3D. I was going to say something. I was going to be even worse and say you can't spell Sonic without Sony. And then go <laughs> Sony. <laughs> Terrible. Yes, uh, since this is your little pet project, only because you're the one who found it, what, what is what, what is all continue with this continuation from last week's news about crazy 3D stereoscope knock? Right. Sound. Um. It seems like these uh, representatives over at the IFA don't know what the hell they're talking about uh, because they said that, you know, 3D gaming will be coming to, quote-unquote, all PS3 games uh, via firmware update and with these new Bravia TVs or you would need at least a 200Hz TV and these glasses to watch uh, stereoscopic games, blah, 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 blah. So Sony says from corporate office that... uh, When it comes to 3D and the PS3, according to this article from Kotaku, at the moment, all that's going on is a technological investigation with no plan for the market launch of this at this time. So they're like, we're just looking into it. You know, uh, I don't know what the fuck this guy at IFA is saying, but it ain't coming out next year. In effect, dudes, chill. Right. And that leads to uh, another report from the same show uh, that they say, according to a Sony rep speaking with CNET, over the following two or three years, Sony will begin installing hardware inside the PS3 that will enable console to display games in 3D. Now, of course, uh, this is contradictory to what the uh, guy at IFA was saying. Uh, so who knows what <clears throat> we're going to believe at this point. But they say here's the deal. Next year, uh, Sony will release a line of 3D-capable Bravia TVs designed to be compatible with PS3. That is apparently true. Uh, which means, in theory, all PS3 games could run in 3D provided you have that TV. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is also the same comment that Sony was like, oh, no, we're just looking into it. Right. Uh, now, more interesting is the report that in 2011 and 12, similar technology will be installed inside the PS3 itself, meaning, in theory, at least, you could get games running on stereoscopic and other TV sets, not just specifically equipped Bravias. So, at this point, we are just absolutely confused at what the hell is going on <laughs> with this PS3 and the 3D stereoscopic situation. Where's Phil Harrison when you need him to clear up with his soothing British accent? Exactly. So, um, 
Uh, wow, Sony is having confusion. <laughs> wait, I mean, before you, wait, 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 before you, before you go into to hole, um, <laughs> sorry, um, oh wow, they're they're giving new colors for the um PS3 Slim. I'm oh. so tempted to go out and get one like right now, just because, just just because, just because it's smaller. Anyway, um, so, do you, what are your personal experiences with 3D? And when I say that, I mean just everything in general, putting on the stupid glasses and watching this shit. Um, How do you guys feel about it? Well, uh, let's see. I have a couple of really abstract experiences with 3D. Okay. One is watching, um, I had to have been six or seven years old, but they had a Kung Fu special on a TV, <laughs> and it was in yep. 3D, but I didn't have glasses, and okay. I watched it anyway. In its blurry blue and red fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, buddy. Um, so let's see. That's one experience with 3D. Uh, let's see. Another experience with 3D would be going to um, Epcot Center and watching Captain EO, Michael okay. Jackson. And that was really cool because that was a stereoscopic 3D in 1988. And um, I remember... The only thing I really remember that was awesome 3D that I was completely just like blown away by at eight years old was Michael Jackson's ship crashing on the planet that they were on for the most of the movie. And the smoke was coming out of the screen on the lower right-hand corner, almost as if the, the place was going to be set on fire or, was, or there was a fog machine in the screen that shot out smoke. Mm -hmm. That blew me away. I have not really had an experience with 3D other than that. The, the reason I ask is because... Well, Pete, what about you? Wait, what? What, what experience question? have you had with 3D Wow. In wow. Sorry. Put, put the joint down. <laughs> I was looking at other stuff. Um, put the porn down. <laughs> um, I guess, like, my most, the most experiences I've had have been at, like, theme parks, like, going in those, like, you know, 3D movie ride simulator thingies. Uh, but, like, I don't know, home experiences, I only ever really watched one 3D movie, and it was, uh, I think Freddy's Dead, um, mm. and, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know, 3D's interesting and stuff, but, uh, it, it does, uh, I mean, at least, cause those are, like, th those are older 3D tech, so, like, those type of things definitely would, like, give me headaches and, um, sure, right. like, look low grade and stuff, uh, I I mean I don't know like the the uh, blah 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 I'll always ask my question I, I had a question I wanted to ask you guys about this blah, blah, but I don't know if, blah, I don't know if we're blah, blah, at the that time for that question because I didn't I wasn't really listening to you guys blah, 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 blah. I don't listen I'm PT Arr. um the, the reason why I ask is because well my most recent 3D experience was attempting to watch Superman Returns in the IMAX with the 3D glasses mm -hmm. I didn't care for it and I just wanted because uh, well first of all okay so to be fair it was the movie was telling you when to put the glasses on so you take them off put them on take them off put them on and that was annoying that but when annoying. i saw it yeah when i saw it i'm just like all right i don't really care and i remember playing 3d world runner on the nes with the 3d glasses and that looked kind of cool but at the same time like and maybe this is just me being you know a luddite and like resisting change and stuff but i and this is not to say that they shouldn't do this if they want to but it's more like would I really use this, and 
you know, it, would I really want to pay extra or want them to spend the resources on this for something that I wouldn't really... I feel like it, it could be cool, and I'm not going to judge it before it happens, but like so far, I just I don't really want to play something with, with you know stereoscopic things on my face. I already wear glasses. That's bad enough. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I do not know. And, and furthermore, I'm not ready for the virtual reality helmet thing just yet, oh, if uh, anybody's going that go direction. Virtual reality helmets. Fucking more and more, man. Get your ass to Mars. Oh, wait, um, but... I have virtual reality memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to bring up this one more thing. Uh, I remember during the Super Bowl, yes, they sir. were having a uh, 3D uh, commercial for, I think, Monsters vs. Aliens. Yes, sir. And that went off without a hitch. Uh, and I don't understand why it would require, say, a, a specific type of television. I mean, maybe it's a transmission type of thing. It's not a, a video type of thing where... Because, you know, a regular LCD TV can produce a 3D commercial uh, that you can see with the 3D right. glasses, the stereoscopic 3D glasses that you get in the movies. I oh, mean, what and, I think that... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say that uh, I have 3D glasses in front of me for some odd reason. I didn't remember <laughs> that. Did, did they come with the Family Guy uh, Star Wars pack? No, I didn't buy that. Because uh, mine, came with, mine came with 3D glasses. The, <laughs> I got it at the Radio City Christmas, the Christmas Spectacular. And... Um, it's actually like one clear lens and one dark lens, mm. and they had um, images that came on the screen in the beginning of the uh, in the beginning of the show that were in stereoscopic 3D. So I still have the glasses, thinking, well, if something comes up in stereoscopic 3D, I can at least watch it at home. But right. I'm just a dumbass. Um, yes, you are. Yes, I, you are, aren't you? You're such a dumbass. So, uh, it, it, as a whole, I feel like this stereoscopic 3D is just a, a fad, and I don't know why Sony's trying to perpetuate it, because, uh, I mean, I, all right, you got all these cartoons that are coming out in 3D, and then now all these horror flicks are coming out in 3D, and mm -hmm. next thing you know, they'll I, probably uh, wind up freaking, what's it every called? movie in 3D. Toy Story 1 and 2 are coming out as an event to prepare for Toy Story 3D. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. And it's Final Destination in 3D. Oh, jeez. Probably Saw, like, 7 would be, like, 7D. Saw, <laughs> I'm so sick of that shit. Yeah. So, uh, then it was Ice Age 3D. Uh, yeah. There was Up in 3D, and I still laugh at all those um movie theaters that can't play the movie in 3D. So they go like Ice Age 3 in 2D or Up in 2D, and they have to really advertise it because people right. You know, We'll probably so like oh, I went to pay for three D movie and it worked. <laughs> and then you get it. <laughs> one one one. Guess guess honk. Bitch mm. bitch moan. So now it's up to you to segue. Wait, oh, I. What's his face goes? Yeah, Pete I goes. um, I wanted to say a few things. Uh, first of all, oh. I I wanted to apologize to you guys for not listening, and to the listeners for me not listening to these guys. But uh, I was checking something on Cheap Ass Gamer because Austin mentioned the PS3 Slim, and I remembered I entered a contest on Cheap Ass Gamer to try to win a PS3 Slim, and oh, I nice. didn't win. Oh, nice. But I wanted to check to see if I did. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I do remember some other 3D stuff. Uh, I wanted to go just mention a little bit more into detail. At, like, uh, like at well, the E3 I did attend, I did uh, check out – they had uh, Sly Cooper, one, I think it was mm. the third game. They had yeah. some 3D segments in that. Um, but there you had to use the like the old fashioned like three D glasses type the red thing, blues. and yeah, uh, I don't know if it was red blue, but it was definitely like, um, like 
I don't know. What, like, is is that what makes it stereoscopic? Is if it's not red blue? I don't even fucking know 3D. Um. Well, let's consult the pros. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, it was a pair of glasses. It wasn't red blue, but it was definitely like those like like filmy lensy glass things that you put on. Like the the screen was you know double double lined or whatever, so that. Like, if you weren't wearing them, you could see all the blurriness and stuff. But when you were wearing them, then it was in 3D, which was kind of cool. But again, that gave me a headache. Um, but uh, I was going to say with the movie things, like you were talking about, Al, with the new movies, like Up and Ice Age. And, like, I guess they have the Final Destination movie in 3D and stuff now. I haven't actually seen any of the new, uh, like, the new tech 3D movies. So I don't actually know, like, how how much of an improvement it, it is over old school 3D. Um and if it would like, if I'd be able to watch an entire movie in 3D without getting like a migraine, um, that could just be like personal problem. But I, I think I remember like a lot of people, at least with the old tech 3D, would get headaches from it just because like you're not really meant to watch things that way. Um, like I don't know if it's just the way like I don't know. It's like I, I know a lot of people would complain previously about getting headaches trying to watch 3D stuff, whereas like now it seems like a lot of people can watch it. Um, so if it is such an improvement where I could like enjoy that kind of stuff without getting a headache, then I could be interested in these in this 3D gaming stuff. The only thing is, my question for you guys was gonna like the whole reason I wanted to talk to you guys about this was the whole uh, that they would need to put out new TVs and would this be enough of a like? Do you think this would add so much to a game that you'd be willing to invest in a whole new TV just for this like this feature? I yeah, and and the answer to that I really don't think that I would, but, you know, I'm not going to, like, again, I'm not going to purely judge it and say no, but I'm going to guess that I wouldn't, you know, not not yet, at least. I wouldn't, but, uh, unless the, that was how I was going to watch TV for the rest of my life, but right. I'm looking at this Wikipedia article on stereoscopy, which, is, or stereoscopy, I should say, probably. Stereoscopy! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically any way you mm, anything in 3D, so all these 3D things that we're talking about Red and blue glasses, and with uh, head-mounted displays and things like that. Those are all um, stereoscopic, right? And which makes sense because, like, even the old 3D, like to me, stereoscopic just meant two images layered on top of each other, kind of. Pretty much. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, and they have all these different types of 3D glasses: liquid crystal shutter, linearly polarized, circularly polarized, blah 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 blah. And then there's um. The stuff with the red and blue is complementary color anaglyphs. I really was about to say anoglyphs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anoglyphs and colonoscopy, great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically it's red and cyan. And uh, you, your eyes would fuck it up like that. <laughs> By the way, I was thinking, and, and to your comment of why would they need new TV hardware to display things in 3D, um, I have the feeling that what they're tr- what it's trying to do is not say, okay, this game can be played in 3D because that's how we programmed it, or this show can be seen in 3D because that's how we filmed it or processed it. But the TV actually does some math with the image on the screen and the colors on the screen and provides its own stereoscopy. Mm, stereoscopy, colonoscopy. You know what I mean? So that stereoscopy. It, it says, Let's yeah, do it. It says, it, it says, here's the image and here's what we're seeing. How do we split this into two without the image having to be processed for 3D specifically? I can do it because I'm a new TV and I can do it. And then the PlayStation goes, here's the image of Wipeout HD coming out on the screen. How do I split this into two so that you can wear 3D glasses and look at it? And it does the math and it does it by itself. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is probably maybe possibly happening sort of, kind of. Most I likely. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. I make a lot of sense in dollars. What? And 
here's another question because I want to stay on this topic because I'm a jerk like that. Uh, I just want to say, uh, do you think that the that Sony would be looking into the 3D stuff if it wasn't for their motion control thing? Do you think it's in the, do you think the 3D thing is that they're looking into it independently of the motion control, or do you think that they want to only really uh, look into this to try to like oh. one up other people's motion control? Because, yep. I mean, think about it. If you have that motion control in 3D, that's better than just, like, the Wii, you know, Wii Motion Plus or then the tall thing. I mean, I, I think, well, I think that Sony is typically just, that's how Sony is. They they try to find new things or and new tricks to pull. And because they're doing it with the TVs and because they seem to be getting, um, they seem to be kind of getting it in terms of saying we are Sony, we have so many different products, let's make them work together. They're starting to get that, you know. They're starting to get that mentality and doing, in my opinion, the right thing. So they're saying, hey, we have this 3D shit. Why don't we see if it'll, you know, if it'll play in, in if it'll, if, if that shit plays in PS3? Like maybe it'll be a cool thing. You know what I mean? So it's not that they're saying, ooh, Project Natal, we're gonna kill it with the 3D glasses. They're like, no, you know what? Let's give this a shot because we're always innovating and you know we want to keep things compatible with each other. I mean, we already have the Bravia Sync shit with the PS3, so why don't we push this further? Maybe, I mean, it could be. You could be right. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know, Peter. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but if, segue, 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 blah, 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 whole. Uh, Courtney <laughs> Love <laughs> apparently um, got really pissed off you know what? There's there's nothing that I can do to explain this better than to just read the Giant Bomb article. Oh, yeah. Which, which starts off with her Twitter quote. Um, and I don't think I can convey the misspellings here, but I'll try. But there's more misspellings down there, but not here. Quote, and you wonder about Guitar Hero 5, disgusted? Welcome to my nightmare, all caps. Yeah, we'll sue Activision. This is disgusting, but there's a lot more. That's just one of the tons of messages that Courtney Love has posted on Twitter, and one of several that, quote, discusses, end quote, the appearance of her deceased husband, Kurt Cobain, in Activision's Guitar Hero 5. Here's another, quote, Now they're just, all caps, liquidating Kurt, end quote. I, uh, I'm, all caps, I'm the devil. I have nothing to do with Guitar Hero. I loathe it, and I find it odious. Kurt would have too, end quote. She also compared the Foo Fighters to Creed and Nickelback in there somewhere, but let's try to stay focused. Here are a few more. Quote, Ucking mega fraud instead of fucking ucking mega fraud, and you've got to show for it. Kurt, Kurt lunchboxes, Converse sneakers, supposed to be Converse, and Activision smugly boasting of rape. End quote. Quote bragging about this insane thing. Fucking recall and proper PR on this now. Bragging. Activision gets dick. <laughs> no, it's Activision gets dick. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Quote, I cannot allow this to stand. What the, What next? He fucking sings Borderline? This is bananas. Lunchboxes? Fucking Guitar Hero? Not taking it. End quote. <laughs> what? Love goes on to claim in her own special way that her only interaction with the project was a request to see a better looking avatar. Something she says was just a form of dragging her feet on something she had no intention of ever approving. But apparently she isn't the only one with the ability to approve the use of Cobain's likeness. We'll have to wait and see if anything concrete develops out of this, but I will say I can't imagine Activision putting out a game like Guitar Hero 5 without ensuring that it was legally using all the assets involved. Uh, there's a quote here from Activision, but I think they, it, there has a more detailed quote on 1UP which says, quote, Guitar Hero secured the necessary licensing rights from the Cobain estate in a written, written agreement signed by Courtney Love to use Kurt Cobain's likeness as a fully playable character in Guitar Hero 5. Love has threatened to sue Activision over the appearance, saying, for the record, this Guitar Hero shit is breach of contract on a bully's part, and there will be a proper addressing of this and retraction. What? Mm. What? 
I, for the I, record, I, this Guitar Hero shit is breach of contract on a bully's part. Like, uh, oh, bully, bully, bully. And there will be a proper addressing of this and retracting. Right, sure. I mean, <laughs> do we even talk about this? Because it's Courtney Love. Yeah, I think that all the talking <laughs> about it is just talking about what she said, laughing, and moving on to the next article. I agree. Let's move on to the next article. Uh, and the last one, Al, actually, this is another one. You're, you actually were on the fucking news tip this week. Um, yeah, there was a lot of shit that I saw. Um, sum this one up. This isn't actually, I, I, you know, my to preview, my viewpoint has slightly changed on this little debate. So I'm curious to, I, I'm looking forward to talking about this one in particular. But okay. do continue. Do be um, a gentleman who solves puzzles I with matchsticks. I will just bring up this excerpt. From the article, this is an article on Kotaku about Kotaku. Apple at its its only rock and roll event. Uh, Phil Schiller, who I would assume is uh, somebody who works at Apple, because they don't say who he, who he is, but he showed pictures of the DS and PSP, <laughs> claiming the portable game devices quote don't stack up against the iPod Touch. Close quote. To underscore that point, Schiller pointed to the features of the company's iPhone platform and tossed out some serious numbers. Schiller made his argument in bullet point, bullet, bullet point form, saying that the competitors' games were too expensive, the platforms lacked a multi-touch interface, have no quote-unquote app store, and quote-unquote no iPod. One might be able to argue that access to an app store is an outdated claim, factoring in DS eyewear and access to the PlayStation Store or Nintendo and Sony's platforms. But Schiller continued the argument with a big number. 21,178. That's the number of, quote, game and entertainment titles, quote, quote, on the iTunes App Store versus 607 for the PSP and 3,680 for the DS. How many of those any of us actually want to play, however, is a whole bunch of snark. Um, so that is the, uh, the gist of it. Apple is saying that the DS and PSP ain't got nothing on iPod or the iPhone because the games are too expensive and they ain't got enough. And they ain't got no iPod. And they ain't, ain't got, got shit no to do! And, well, let's drop the App Store thing because, honestly, DSiWare and PlayStation Store are... They're, they're online uh, stores at which you can purchase applications for the device. At its core. Yes... I mean, um, what what would you say right. in Apple's defense about the app, the App Store comment? I just like I just wanted to bring up I like the first comment under the story. Uh, it just some guy said or some person said you can't just compare she sheer number of yeah. games. You need to be qualitative with it as well. Um, so uh, like I mean I haven't had much experience with the App Store obviously because I don't have an iPhone or iPod Touch, but I do know that for like. Every good game that's on there, there's probably like hundreds that are just complete trash. Yes. Um, what what's that? I said yes. I agree, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So I mean, um, I do definitely think that the iPhone is now a competitor with the PSP and the DS uh, and the DSi as well. But um, I wouldn't like. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be bragging about how many games you have in your store uh, just as a number. But I mean, that's what the companies always do. Um, and the DS, just as a platform, probably has more overall. Like, even though the DS has plenty of qual- like like crap games on it, just like you know, like Imagine Babies or whatever, <laughs> there are there are definitely a um, 
there's a more like a higher known quantity of like a very good games on a, on a DS platform. Whereas like aside from the few you might hear about through word of mouth or on podcasts or something like I really don't know that many iPhone games that are like you know you are absolutely must have games. I think yeah. I think to 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 just that to just that last point it's probably because we haven't seen a a huge um media exposure to I shouldn't say media that's a, that's poor poor wording. We haven't seen a huge media push to review iPhone games proper as we are used to in the gaming journalism industry for traditional gaming platforms as it were. Right, we don't have a huge. Gamespot used to have a mobile section, all right, and that hasn't been updated in years. <laughs> That's because the engine sucked. Right, and it, it, that is true. But it's like, so there are plenty of mobile, game, mobile games out there right now. Where do we go? I mean, we can go to some random blog, but there's no for for the people in our shoes. There's no real place to find them. Yeah, you just um, gotta now dip what your I, foot in. Right. What I was gonna, <laughs> what I was gonna say, um, with regards to um, App Store. What, App Store, right. No, the only thing that I wanted to say, and I think that's all that, that needs to be said, is, yeah, you can't really talk to quant, quant, quali- you can't talk about quantity without addressing quality, but to Pete's point, well, it's got word of mouth, on, on, um, on Listen Up, which is a former, uh, one up yours, um, I mean, which was formerly known as one up yours, John Davison, every time he's on the show, has one or two iPhone games of the week. Who the hell is talking about any DSiWare games? Who the hell is talking about any PSP mini games? They they haven't even come out yet. My point being is actually that with time they will obviously they will ramp up. Well, I shouldn't say obviously e-reader, but with well, time e-reader should, is a uh, a peripheral. It doesn't matter though because if, if what my point here is the way that Nintendo supports its external things. Right, but this is internal. This is this is a core factor of DSi. Like this is a part of what makes DSi DSi and what but, makes the DS DS. But they haven't been really treating it as a as a vehicle for delivering games that people care about. They deliver a an Animal Crossing clock. They deliver yeah, a well, Mario they, Kart well, clock. They do that or not. You know, and, and um, what I'm saying is that but what I'm saying is this is coming from Nintendo. Right. When you're when you when you just the same thing that happens with every hardware platform. This cannot be argued by any any platform maker that tries to weasel their, their way out of the blame. This is what Nintendo did, you know, to themselves when the DS first came out, and thank God they were able to be successful for their own their own fortunes but like when you as as the platform holder the creator don't effectively support the platform whether it be not showing people how to do motion control best although although they actually did come through on that one or not really doing much with the touchscreen when the DS first came out which le- which left us with a horrible launch Spider-Man 2 what for the DS then you know you kind of first of all you get some bad PR out of it second of all you have frustrated users there are like two or three games on the DSiWare store that I would actually want, um, and I should probably get a DSi soon before those ten th- before that one thousand points wears out. It's October, right? I believe That's so. The points wear out. Okay, so it's off time. You know, whereas like every week on whatever podcast that I listen to or whatever, like Co-op actually does iPhone games now too with the former One Up Show. Um, there, there are iPhone games everywhere. There, there are ones that, among the millions of pieces of trash out there. There are still ones every week that look cool that I would want to try. But when they talk about DSiWare games, few and far between. Maybe Nintendo should be ma- should be spending the resources to put out an actual good 
$5 or $2 game as opposed to a clock is basically what I'm saying. And they should have started out doing that instead of waiting or or however long they're taking to do whatever they're going to do. Um, and it's because they came out after Apple came out and said, we have this app store and no one else does. A year ago, that was true. Mm-hmm. No one else had that app store. Now it's not true, but it might as well be true because there is very little support for it. Um. I will agree with you that the uh, DSiWare and the like. I I don't really know much about the PSP store, how much quality stuffs on there, but like definitely the DSiWare is has pretty much been crap. Um, and but like I wasn't comparing when I was talking, I wasn't comparing the uh, app just the App Store specifically to the DSiWare because um, if iPhone if Apple's talking about the iPhone and the iTouch as a console that's competing with DSi or with the DS and DSi and stuff like that and the PSP. You have to take into account the whole library of games, not just the downloadable stuff. Because um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my my yeah, my like, remark was simply because I was I was going to start talking about the App Store and 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 like why I think they the the whole App Store thing, the whole App Store comment was just to talk about the was was just in response to when Al said like, well, DS has something, and they do have something. My and my only my response was simply that that something is not enough right now as it stands, and. They could do. They could be doing better, and that, that's all. Like I, I fully agree with you that like the whole library needs to be taken into account. I mean, if if we want to talk about the article as a whole, like I'm with you guys in that. Like I think it's kind of ridiculous that they are bragging about what they have when they don't have a full set of premium game libraries. I mean, the reason why the games are thirty dollars is because they're real games. They're games. They're not just games. They're you know they're they're product. They're retail product. They they. Final Fantasy IV for DS lasted thirty hours. You can't get a thirty hour game on the on, on the iPhone. If you wanted, if you wanted one, and not for two dollars. <laughs> yeah, not for two dollars, right? Um, oh wait, wait, wait! But, what game did they drop down to ninety nine cents? Just, just for the hell of it. Uh, uh Peggle. Peggle, right, right. You can't get thirty dollars. I mean, you can, but it'd be repetitive. Yeah, that's anyway. different. Um, but the reason why I said that my viewpoint has changed only slightly because I used to laugh at them too. But it's like it, it it's all about the market to which you're playing. And in your market, because this brings about the argument of, oh, Wii is beating the pants out of off of Xbox 360, but is it really? Do we do we consider them the same market? Do we separate it out into this whole different segment of people who who purchase their things for different for different purposes? I don't know, and that's why I'm not willing to go out anymore and say that Apple's full of shit and they're completely stupid and this is not a gaming platform. It is becoming its own type of gaming platform. It is getting an audience. It is getting sales, regardless of whether or not we are the ones who are buying it. Like Penny Arcade said, it's not for us, but it's for somebody. And to kind of dismiss it as a platform at this point in time, a year ago I was laughing at it. A couple of months ago I was laughing at it. Seeing how popular it's become and how, how the, the type of games that are coming out for it that may not be ones that we play but are still more involved than we would think could be involved for just a touchscreen thing, well, it's it's got something going for it, and people are buying into it. So, just just for the record, I'm totally not dismissing it. I want an iPhone, and I want it for like for the, all the games that are available on the App Store. Yeah, I still don't, <laughs> but that's just because they're not the type of games that I want to play. But like, yeah, I mean, when 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 they're going on every week and talking about a new iPhone game, I can't really dismiss it anymore and laugh at it. But hey, I can always laugh. hell yeah, I could laugh at it if I wanted to. I just would be wrong. <laughs> um, but Let's see. Um, numbers is always stupid. I mean, I, I like you said, quality is more important at this point than quantity. And like, 
I, I, I just hate it when people come out with these numbers. And that, that's why I kind of glaze over it when E3 is like, oh, we sold this many games. Uh, you know, the Wii has sold X amount of copies of whatever, and the Wii is selling it. Well, how, you know, what's the tie ratio? You know, how many mm-hmm. games per system are they buying? What kind of games are you selling? Are you reaching every market that you could be? So, I don't know. I mean, typically this is, this is all numbers bullshit. So, I mean, are there, I think, you, Al, you weren't even done talking about your viewpoint on this. What's the rest? No, no, I think uh, that was it. Um, I mentioned the article, and I, I didn't say how I felt, but it really doesn't make sense at this point because I'd be repeating. Um, because, honestly, I think that Apple, they just, they, they, they got balls to say that they're stepping up against uh, things that are made to play video games saying that they play video games better than them or that they they are they have more to offer in terms of video games than a video game console when per- all they're really selling is a music player and a phone that can happen to do other things um perhaps his perhaps his um his intent with his quote was to talk about the device itself as opposed to the software which you know is kind of Counter, counterintuitive since he mentions all the software numbers, but I'm just I'm just looking at his quote right now, and he's just saying that the devices themselves don't necessarily stack up to the iPod Touch, which I also still disagree with. But he has more of a point if he's just talking from a specific standpoint in the fact that it does it almost does more and it does most of it better. Like if if we were talking about everything except gaming, PSP versus an iPod Touch, uh, I would never touch a PSP. But we are talking about gaming, so it's it's a little bit of a sticky situation. Right, and um, then like it seems that during that that same conference, they were bringing up games that are coming out. Like from, according to the article, I'm trying to see if I can bring up the live blog, but um, they were highlighting games from EA Sports, Ubisoft, and GameLoft as kind of you know ammo to uh, you know this is what we're doing with right. our games in our app store uh, to go up against the uh, the DS and the PSP. Uh, I'm not really seeing the live blog. I just see over the comments. So um, I see the comments on the freaking thing that uh, you know. <laughs> ah, whatever. Let's wrap this bitch up. Wrap that gavel up. Wrap that gavel up. Wrap that gavel up. Pete, anything else to say about this one last one? Uh, I guess I'll just uh, close out by saying that like in my eyes, actually, uh, it seems that the iPhone, I like, I don't know so much about the iTouch, but at least the iPhone is, in essence, to me, more of a portable gaming platform than like the its competitors. Because uh, even though I have a DS, I never actually bring it anywhere with me. It just stays home, and I play games on it when I'm at home and just feel like playing a DS game. Whereas if I had an iPhone that could that could play games as well, I would always have my cell phone with me. So I definitely think it has that leg up on uh. On its competitors too. I mean, I I can't be. I I've heard other people talk about how they just like that's, they don't really bring their DSs with them unless they're going on a yeah, trip or that's something. That's an important point and actually a good one that like I was, I, I, I wanted to make it but I didn't really un, I wasn't really thinking about how to verbalize it and you just put it into words for me. But yeah, I mean it's if you want to be portable, it naturally has to go everywhere with you and you know like I I'm the type of person who does take his DS whenever he can, but not everyone is. So I don't know. Right. I mean, it depends. Actually, let's put it this way, really quickly. Like, if if we if I were to say, I want to play video games on the road, 
Therefore, I'm going to buy an iPod Touch or an iPhone. No, absolutely not. But if I were going to say, I want to play video games on the road, and the device that I have to do it also does my... I, I, I should say, and my phone does it capably, and I don't think I really need to bring my DS with me because I have this thing that I have with me, and I don't have much room in my bag or whatever, and I don't want to bring something else with me, and this takes care of it, and it doesn't have shitty slow versions of Peggle, like the BlackBerry Peggle, mm. you know, <laughs> then yes, I mean, that, that, that is a very good point, is that it's, you know, as a portable device, it's probably more ideal for the market that it's going for. So, I, I don't know. Speaking of Peggle, I still play that shit on my iPod every day. Shit. Well, I don't, because mine sucks at playing Peggle. Anyway. All right, any, any <laughs> last comments for, for, for anything overall, everywhere, how, what, who, him, her, it? No, no, just nothing. <laughs> uh, PAX happened last weekend, and uh, I wish I could have went, but Swine obviously flu. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm glad I didn't go. Um, but uh, PAX East is supposed to be happening in March of 2010, I think. Holy shit. So I am definitely going to that because I, I, I live where it's going to be right. being held, and uh, I hope you guys will be able to come make a trip that out here awesome. for That would be awesome. I'll set my calendar for that if I could. Uh, I should, if, what are the dates? I don't know the exact dates. I think it said. I I think I remember hearing something about like around March 10th, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, it doesn't look like Penny Arcade has anything official up about it yet. Okay. Um, but I've heard like rumblings and and stuff, you know, in the background about it and stuff. All right. Oh, uh, we'll 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 see about uh getting that cash and that that vacation time, and we'll see what. Happens. And you know, if our if our three listeners could come yeah, out, that'd that would be, be awesome. Cool <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, um, alright, so, gonna wrap this up. Al, where are you on the internet? I'm there on the internet at xlm2k.blogspot.com. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash xlm2k. Jolly good. Um, there's, <coughs> um, uh, uh, let's see, rock, 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 <laughs> I can't talk about that right now. Uh, which wrap is up really quicker. Uh, that's it. That's it. Riven, where can we find your face on Facebook, Riven Pete? Uh, yeah, <laughs> facebook.com slash Riven. R-Y-V-V-N. And that, that's it. <laughs> Dr. Fishy Pants, friend of the site, drfishypants.com. Blogs, and he will save your life because he's a doctor and I'm not. Um, and then Slunks is on Giant Bomb. You can Google him anywhere. He's world famous for being Slunks and shit like that. All right, that's it. So for Pete, oh, what? I I I I got awesome videos on my Facebook thing. And speaking of Giant Bomb, I did one of their questions of the week, and they put my my username wrong. So fuck them. I still love them. <laughs> fuck them. What'd they say? What's What'd that? They put? Uh, I think it was like they put Ryan or something. Uh, yeah, that Riven, that wasn't cool. Riven, uh, you got punk. But you can see me in that video on their question of the week. It's the one where they ask people to complete trials in thirty seconds or less. Oh, shit. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, from the, this recording, and uh, yeah, but I got better videos on Facebook, so go to my Facebook page and watch my cool-ass videos. Yay. And go to Al's thing and listen to his music, and go to Austin's face. Yes, my face. <laughs> Austin's face. <laughs> Alright, so for Pete. Bye! For Al. Bye. I've been your host, Austin. Bye! Bye. Bye.